What's up, people of planet Earth? Hey, My hey, name is Pasty White. And I am the Fat Mac. The Fattest Mac. And we are B-Sticks Podcast, brought to you by Cloud Style Broadcasting. And coming soon, Buttered Pop Culture. You don't get enough of us on your regular B-Sticks Podcast? You want to hear us bullshit about other stuff? Well, Buttered Pop Culture, pretty much the world is at our fingertips. Yes. It's going to be tantalizing and delightful. I can smell it popping right now. I can smell it already mm. coming. It's cooking, baby. It's cooking. It is. And we are back and better than ever. Yes. I've got a hell of a cough this week, but I'm better off than Fat Mac was last week. Yes. Yeah, at least you're able to get out of bed and, and consume water. That was hard on my internal clock, man. Right? Not doing a podcast. Like, there's weeks where I'm, I really don't want to do a podcast. But actually not doing the podcast fucked my week up. I it, didn't know what day it was. Me also. It really threw me <laughs> off. And it felt like, like coming into this one, it felt like, like by Monday, I felt like we should be getting ready to do it. And by Tuesday, I was just like, oh, it feels like it's been forever. But we did. We, we, we pushed out a double episode. Pushed out a double episode the week before. Came at perfect time because uh, because medical issues kept us off last week. So we we still didn't miss a beat. We still we, we put out two episodes that week. So right. It's like we knew it was going to happen. It's it's divine inter- intervention. Is what it was. <laughs> um, Joe Pesci was looking out for us for sure. Yes. God, Joe bless you. You know what I mean? Joe bless you. For sure. For sure, dudes. Sure, dude, dude, dudes. Scurby Well, fuck me. I'll try. Why? Why? I have to, like, completely sign into my OneNote. Oh, no. Is it maybe because of your uh, update? Well, no, the update shouldn't have affected that. I did reset my browser recently, but I don't know. I wouldn't think that would mess with it, but you just never know. I don't know. You just never know. I'm looking for something here, and I don't know if I know where to find it. Yeah. No, we, we, but we, you know, that gives us a lot to talk about today, um... We always, I mean, don't get me wrong, we always find a ton to talk about, and that wouldn't have been an issue. But we've got the uh, Royal Rumble to go over. We have got um, NXT TakeOver to go over. One of the best, uh, according to Meltzer, the best TakeOver match ever, ever, ever. We got a lot of news going on in the world. We've got Raw and SmackDown to discuss. I did not get to watch um, any of... New Japan's um, New Beginnings shows that they're doing. I know there's a few of them out there right now that are um, recorded. I didn't get to any of them. And um, as we'll talk about a little bit later tonight, actually as we speak, Ring of Honor has a uh, show on, which I am going to try to catch right after this. Um, 
So I do not have oh, why any. Why don't you watch it while we do that? With I know, right? With um, with all the the bullshit that was going on in my life, I did not get to pick up on any extra crap like I had wanted to. Like I've been trying to, but it's out there, and we'll get to it. Why can I not find the thing I'm looking for? That's gonna bother me. It's not here, right? It certainly is not. Uh, but anyways, uh, without further ado, I guess I'll get into a Monster Wear Clothing. Let you know they, they sponsor us each and every week. They've been taking care of us, being quite kind to us. Make sure to get a hold of Corey Matthews if you want any clothing done up. Decals, vinyl, bumper stickers, hockey masks, hockey sticks. Basically, if you can put something on it, he'll do it. Whatever you want. Whatever you ask for, he'll work with you. Great quality, quality merchandise. This stuff does not just fade off. It does not flake after the first couple times that you wash it. It is amazing quality. You cannot go wrong with Monster Wear Clothing. Drop Pasty White's name, and he will cut you a shit of a deal. A yes. shit of a deal. And He's a good man. Point. That's a good company. Cheap rates, fast turnaround time, locally sourced. I mean, what more could you ask for? Nothing. Don't got to order that stuff from Japan anymore. Wait 40 weeks, pay $80 in shipping and handling. Yeah. You know how long 40 weeks is? 40 weeks is a long-ass time. That's most of a year, son. Damn right. As well as that, make sure to hit us up on Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash cloud style. You can become a Patreon for as low as $1. Join us, sign up. It'll come out every every month, every week. Every month or every week? Now I'm lost all of a sudden. I used to have this spiel down. Anyway, sign up. You can every do it as low as a dollar. You can do more. It helps us out. It's cheap. It's easy. It goes a long way for us. As we've said before, everything goes right back in the company. Also, we have a GoFundMe page. You go to GoFundMe.com and put in Cloud Style Broadcasting in the search bar. That brings us up. We're the only ones there under that moniker. And you can give us as much as you'd like there. Be part of the ground floor. Invest your money in something worthwhile. Everything goes right back into the business. And, and you reap all of the benefits from everything. From these new shows, uh, Buttered Pop Culture... Um, Fantastic Fables is going to be coming back with a vengeance here in just a little bit. We're going to be putting out new stuff. We're going to be putting out, uh, we got clothing, clothing coming out here. Different swag for you to get at. Swag! Updating our technology. Better cams, better, better video production, better mics. Going to different places on location, on set, getting different guests. All of this. It helps your experience out, and and every little yes. bit helps. So feel Once free again, to do Cloud that. Cloud Style Broadcasting will be making an appearance at this year's Galactic Get Down. If you want to see us do more stuff like that, support the brand. You have to. Best than ain't free, folks. You have to. We do our best to bring you all of the highlights at the cost of zero dollars. But for us, festing ain't free. As always, I'm not sure where you are watching us, but you can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Spreaker. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio. 
and everywhere fine podcasts are heard. We appreciate your support. Have a listen, do a download, give a like, leave a comment, send an email. You can email at fatmacbsp at gmail.com. Drop us an email, let us know what you think. Have any suggestions? Go right ahead. You can find us on facebook.com forward slash beefstickspodcast. And let us know what you think. It's free. We, uh, we we post tweets up there. We have what happened this day in wrestling. Uh, yesterday was uh, Gorgeous George, or um, not Gorgeous George, um, Nick Bockwinkle's birthday. So we, we had a big post on that. You can read up on all sorts of different information, what happened on this day in wrestling, whose birthdays it is, what's going on, or just funny little pictures and memes or updates on what is happening in the wrestling world. We also like to post something we call Before They Were WWE, where we show you amazing matches from some of your favorite WWE superstars from their time before they were in WWE, whether that was Ring of Honor, NX, or TNA, PWG, New Japan, All Japan, WCW, ECW, the list goes on and on and on and on. We're getting okay with this. We're getting it down. I like to get it all over with right away so that we can get into the meat and potatoes of things. Meat and potatoes. That's what Beef Sticks is all about. Minus the potatoes. Processed and, and add the sticks. Inside of animal intestines. We're all about eating steak and shitting in a shower, baby. Yes. I ate steak last night. Did you poop in the glorious. shower? I pooped in the shower today, so we kind of made up for each other. I didn't poop in the shower, but we did have some uh, plumbing issues this week. Oh, yeah, there was poop in the shower. appeared in the shower, (laughs) but that's a completely different situation. That's what happens when you live in a trailer. Somebody was getting shifty in the pasty household. (laughs) It was was definitely a learning experience. A a shitty day, if you will. Yes, sir. Pissed all over my parade. Gross. (laughs) God. I hate Minnesota winters and living in a trailer. I tell you what. This is life. <laughs> they're not good anywhere, but yeah, they're rough in the winters, man. Or uh, in the trailers, too. All right. That well, just makes me think once it's all paid off and on, on my own property, potentially, fucking, I'm putting in a basement. It'll be much easier to access all that shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's not too <laughs> difficult to do, put in a foundation in a basement. and Not too difficult. Well, definitely worth, if you're planning on... on Doing the investment, it's definitely worth it. All right. On to some of our news, some of our notes, some of our rumors, some of our crap. As we tend to do, I'm going to start out with some signings. Not a lot in the signings world today, but um, but the two are, are made me pretty happy. I'm excited. There's only two. I'm excited about both. The first I want to talk about is Serena Deeb has now joined the WWE Performance Center as a coach for female talent alongside Sarah Del Rey. Deeb is best known by WWE fans for her time in the Straight Edge Society alongside CM Punk and Luke Gallows, where she shaved her head to become a member. Outside of the E, though, she has wrestled in Ring of Honor, TNA, Shimmer, Ohio Valley Wrestling, and Wrestlelicious. She was also a participant in the first May Young Classic this last year, defeating Ooh. Vanessa Bourne in the first round, although she was then eliminated from the tournament in the second round by Piper Niven. She has a history with Sarah Del Rey, and in a good way. I mean, they've worked together. 
Uh, they know each other from Ring of Honor and from the Indies. Serena Deeb is a is a veteran female wrestler. I I think this is great. Uh, she's not signed on as a performer. She is signed on as a coach. What are your thoughts, Pasty? It's pretty cool. I mean, it's better. It's got to be better pay than what she was making in the first place, anyway. And there's a there's a lot in a in a point or in a in a position like that 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 gives back to you because you're training people and putting people through and seeing the fruits of that labor can be very fulfilling i'm I'm excited for it and i'm excited for sarah del rey also i don't see on here but emma just debuted in ring of honor i did not catch that nice fantastic i caught it just before we linked up tonight actually so i'm very excited about that good for her that was probably at their uh, show tonight. That started at probably. 6 o'clock tonight that I did well, not there you get go. to do because I was trying to get all this stuff set up. <laughs> so, well, I spoiled it for you. Awesome. Spoilers. That's fine. That's fine. That is awesome. Good good for her. I Very mm. much good for her. I'm glad to hear that. It's a good place for her to be. She'll she'll do well in Ring of Honor. And, you know, as you said with Serena Deeb, I mean, this is, at this point in her career, in any sport, you know, I mean, your your retirement age, your your life expectancy is much shorter than in, a, in almost any other job. So for her mm-hmm. to be able to go and do this coaching, I mean, yeah, like you said, make a good living, and it's so much easier on her body that this is good. This and like you said, she's we're we're gonna we she's gonna get to see the fruits of her labor, but we will also we'll get to we'll get to she will live on through her students, if you will. Now, is this just like a backstage coach, or is she going to be a manager? No, no. As of right now, this is just her working in the performance center and helping people out um, off cameras and training folks. Same way Sarah Del Rey does. Oh. You know, I don't think oh, Sarah God. Del Rey has been on camera at all since she's been. She's been there for quite a few years now. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. As far as I know, I mean, they could always use her as an on-air role. Um, not only is she super talented, but she obviously has been in WWE before. So she's there if they need her or want to pull her in. But for right now, it is, um, from my understanding, just a backstage actual coach. Okay. Yeah, no, as you were saying it, I was thinking, man, women need more management in in wrestling. That'd be cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't see enough uh, women having Unless there's, like, a couple, you know, whether they're romantically a couple or or just put together as a couple. Storyline wise, like uh, what, like 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 the Hog, James Ellsworth, right, and right. Carmella. Yeah, no, it's it's good. Happy for that, and then not a new signing, but definitely uh, this this definitely makes me happy. From PWInsider.com. We have learned that current WWE Intercontinental Champion The Miz has signed a new four-year deal with WWE that will see him staying with the company through 2022. It's a lot of twos in there, but I'm happy to hear it. They also note that WWE was looking to lock Miz to a longer-term deal, actually, but the two sides finally settled on a four-year deal. The Miz is currently 37 and has been with WWE since the fourth season of Tough Enough, which was in 2004. It's hard to believe The Miz has been there that long. 
Right. And right. just to put things in perspective. Well, that's because he's only been he's only been liked by people for the last two, three years. <laughs> right. <laughs> and to put that into perspective for people, um, in the in the uh, fourth season of Tough Enough, he lost to Daniel Putter. Yeah, let that sink in. You, you know who Daniel Putter is? No, no, you don't. <laughs> and he lost to him. But Daniel Putter is fucking picking up trash somewhere, and the Miz is the man. So I'm glad to See, hear. See, I, I couldn't stand the Miz when he first started, just for the fact that he was on oh. the real life and. He had a stint on Fear Factor, I think, as well, before the WWE stuff started. I couldn't, I I hated that. I hated that. And then years later, when when members of the Jersey Shore cast started getting signed to wrestling promotions, I was like, this is your fault, Miz! (laughs) Yep, yep, Snooki was on there, and uh, a bunch of them. Mike, Mike P, or whatever, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm with you. I I am a um, whether it was him or whether it was me, I'm not sure. But I could not stand him for years, and it probably wasn't until, like you said, it probably wasn't until the last uh, three four years I really started to appreciate his 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 art. Yeah. And it probably wasn't until just the last two three years that I've actually enjoyed his character even. So it has taken mm-hmm. a while. But to be fair. I don't think he was that good of a wrestler for quite some time. I think it took him a while. And now he's bound for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think it took Guaranteed. him a while to even take it that seriously. Um, he claims he, he was always serious about it, but and maybe he was. But there was always people that just seemed to, to care a little bit more. Or maybe that was just his character and he did a good job playing his character, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's always had the same style, so that hasn't changed. I think the light that Daniel Bryan shown on it when Daniel Bryan says, well, you don't take risks. And then he blew up how he doesn't take risks, but he's the guy who's always here working. That was where it really sank in. Yeah. I feel. But, you know, nowadays you look at him and he he really tells a good story in the ring. And I honestly don't think even maybe five years ago, if I watched, if I went back and watched some matches of his five years ago, I don't think he had that. I think... You know, maybe him and Daniel Bryan actually are really good. You know, you, you always say that the, 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 the oh, biggest yeah. enemies on screen are the best of friends backstage. Maybe they're yep. really good friends and, and he worked with them and got him going. Who knows? But I love it. I am so glad that we got Miz for at least another four years. Daniel Bryan was the Miz's pick in Tough Enough all those years later. Or NXT, the show. That was, uh, um, Miz was Daniel Bryan's pro. Yeah. Yeah, and so yep, yep. that's where their bond is from. Of course, they're tight. They're close. They have to be. Right. There's. I don't think there's any other way around it. I mean, both of their careers are due to both of them. They're, they are no. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. No. No? No? I don't think Daniel Bryan's career has anything to do with The Miz. I, I don't think so. <laughs> Honest, I mean, honestly, I think Daniel Bryan was was a superstar long before he even got to WWE. And I think after that, I think it was more the Triple H stuff that got him bigger than anything. Yeah, yeah. The Yes Movement and all of that crap. But who knows? And, you know, and to be honest, I think Kane helped him out a lot. When he was a heel on Team No, or Team Hell No, I actually think that helped him out a lot. They had those backstage vignettes, remember, with the psychiatrists and stuff, and they'd go to a... Hug it out. Wasn't that their thing? Hug it out. 
That started the whole hug it out thing and everything. Yep. I think that helped him out a lot. I, I agree. I think Daniel Bryan is a huge part of Miz's success, but I really don't. I, I don't think Miz had much to do with Daniel Bryan's, but I could be wrong. I, oh, I definitely could be wrong about that because when you think of the two, I mean, when you think of either one, you can't help but think of the other one. I would say. Yeah. Probably. Now I'm just blathering. Another four years with the Miz, though, man. That's exciting, exciting news. It's good. It's very. Uh, good. I, I'm already, I'm already questioning if if Miz could go down as the greatest Intercontinental Champion in history. I think in my and I think mind, give him another four years, he will. I think in my mind right now, he is definitely in the top three greatest Intercontinental Champions in history. It's Miz, Jericho, and. Um, I don't know if I want to say perfect or if I want to say Bret Hart. Honky Tonk Man's always in there. I guess let's say the top five. <laughs> Here I'm arguing with myself now. He's in the <laughs> top five. Top five for sure. Miz, Jericho, yeah, I think, Hart, I think Honky. my top three would be Miz, Jericho. Not in this order, but Miz, Jericho, and Eddie Guerrero. See, I guess I just don't. I, I personally don't associate Eddie Guerrero with the IC title. Um, he had it and he, and he always puts on amazing matches, but yeah, he, he could easily be in there. I could see that for sure. Four more years, man. And hopefully more. And it's good for him now that he's got a kid and everything. This is security for, for him and his family also. So that's, I always think that's right. a positive. And, and I think when he's finally done with WWE, he'll probably be to a point where he has movie offers like John Cena and The Rock do. He's probably... Um, he's on his way. He's in there. I Yeah, I don't know. I think he could get as big as... Uh, you know, when you say John Cena and The Rock, I put them two in two different categories. I'd even put maybe um, uh, Batista and The Rock in more of a... But The Rock is... Ba- I mean, he's, he's in the um, Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, like the superstar category. Where I'd say, yeah, Batista is probably still one above Cena, but below The Rock, I put Cena in there with a lot of the other guys that just do they do movies. But yeah, he, I I think he's got a career in, in anything entertainment. The Miz has a career. In you had to go up and bring up Batista in the movies. Batista's not in the movies, man. Guardians of the Galaxy doesn't count. He's Batista the worst one. Batista makes a shit ton of money in um, big budget movies. Yes, he does. Whether you like him or not, he's been in James Bond making a shit ton of movie uh, money. He makes a shit ton of money in both the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Whether you enjoy him or not in there, box office-wise, he is, he is definitely... <coughs> he is a big name box office-wise. Um... Whether you like him or not, I didn't see Spectre, and I wasn't impressed with him in the first Guardians of the Galaxy. No. I mean, I guess with the role of Drax the Destroyer, he he doesn't have to to be good at acting to to portray that character, because the character is kind of dim himself. But I feel like that is the fullest extent of Batista's acting skills is Drax the Destroyer. I feel like, and that's not him (laughs) playing the character, that's just Batista being Batista on set. Right. (laughs) 
Well, you know, I once I, I was listening to to a talk as Jericho months and months ago, maybe over a year ago now, and Batista was on there. And he even said when he go does movies, he's like, I don't like to go to the table reads. I just get bored. He's like, I prefer to just read my script in my trailer or at home. Come on to set when it's time to shoot and do my thing. It's like, yeah, dude, people can tell that. There's a reason they do right. table read. It's to build chemistry. It's to come up with good ad libs. It's to see what works and doesn't work. There's a purpose for it. You know, he came off as such a pompous ass when I heard that. I lost a little bit of respect for him there. I'm sure there's a million and one actors who are the same as him that just don't even show up for table reads. I, I believe that. Oh, yeah. But, you know, they're probably better actors. <laughs> now that we're going to be talking about fucking wrestlers, movies, have you heard about The Rock's next venture? Uh, the one that was on uh, um, the Super Bowl commercials? I think so. The skyscraper or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know what that is, don't you? It's gonna be. It's gonna be basically be Die Hard, isn't it? Well, I guess I the way what I said was it's a cliffhanger. I, you remember there cliffhanger you go. back in the day? Sylvester Stallone's only yes. good movie. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's what. When I seen it during Super Bowl, I was like, it's. Just, we were just talking about how they just make modern day this or modern day that or modern day whatever. Um, because we were talking about Rampage, I think, but. I was like, yes. they, they were like skyscraper, and I was watching it, and I was like, dude, that's just modern-day cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> they just took the, the cliffhanger fucking movie and put it, oh, no, you know what it was? I know what it was. We were talking about how they they make the second, or, or sequels. I was like, anyone that takes place in New York City is always shitty. Crocodile Dundee 2, New York City, was shitty. Predator 2, Predator in New York City, was shitty. Jurassic Park or Jurassic World or Lost World. No, Jurassic Park 3, when the dinosaurs come to New York City. It's shitty. I don't think that was New York. I think that was California. Any, any city, though. You know what I mean? Where they, where they take, <laughs> yeah, they any, take any the, the, the normal movie and then they put it. So then when they played this one, I was like, holy shit, it's just Cliffhanger well, what about, what about goes to the, New York. <laughs> the original second Beetlejuice movie that was supposed to be Beetlejuice goes Hawaii. Goes to Hawaii, yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Home Alone uh, 2, Lost in New weekend York. Weekend at Beetlejuice's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what that's what that came from. We were like, yeah, it's just Cliffhanger in New York City. <laughs> I'll skip on that one. I'll watch Rampage, although I'm ready to be disappointed with it. We'll but see. I was ready to be disappointed with Jumanji, and I, and I really, really like it. Can't I've heard nothing good but good things about it. I can't wait to see it, but I'm not going to go see it in theaters. It's not even is it can't be still in theaters, is it? I don't know. I just watched. I'm it just saying it. words. Um, let's move on because we we've only been into signings and we're already talking about fucking uh <laughs> everything but the news. We're we're giving them a sneak preview of buttered pop culture, Loke. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's exactly what I was about to say. Sneak preview, which is good. So mo- moving on Next here. Next week, buttered pop culture. <laughs> Another big name in the news, Tim Tebow, who's trying to be the uh, 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 the new, uh, um, well, I dropped the ball on that because I can't think of his name. <laughs> Anyways, Tim Tebow. Mike Jordan? No, uh, who was the one before him? Da- uh, Darren Sanders, right? Darren Sanders? 
There you go. Was that am I am I making that up or is that who it was? I don't know sports, so Anyways, I will just agree with. He you. was a football player, went to baseball <laughs> and this and that, whatever. Anyways, and then Michael Jordan did it. He did basketball, baseball. Anyways, Tim Tebow, quarterback. He's now playing baseball and golf. Go- well, they all play golf, don't they? Michael Jordan plays golf. I think they all play golf. He was recently on Off the Board podcast and talked about Vince McMahon name dropping him for the XFL, saying, "Hey, that's very nice of him, but 2020 is a long way from now. I'm focused on today. I'm focused on spring training." And a lot of things before that. I'm not even close to thinking about that right now. So then they kind of, they, they shot him. They said, is that a yes or is that a no? And Tebow simply put, what if it's a, I have no idea. That's in 2020 and I'm super excited about baseball right now. <laughs> so he gave a very political corporate fucking down the middle, no non-answer if you will. I have my concerns about Tebow and baseball. Because Different sports require different proportionate athletes. Correct. And he's still built like a football player. I mean, Correct. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I guess his first uh, his first at bat on his team, he actually was the first one to go up, and he knocked it right out the park. So I guess that could be good for him, being football-sized in a baseball game. Yeah, and he's in he's in the minor leagues if I if I'm correct, right? Yeah, he's not in the major. Yeah, he's leagues. not in the majors. He's got his eyes on it. I, I watched. Uh, I think it was him on Conan O'Brien clips of that. Well, yeah, because he wants to play for whoever the uh, majors is of his minor. I don't remember what it is now, but I think he's with Miami. Could be. I don't know what Miami's be. Uh, Marlins. Or what? What's Miami's baseball? Do they I have baseball? don't know. I don't know Maynard. baseball. I, Deion Sanders is who I was trying to think of. Is Deion <laughs> Sanders? I had to look it up. I'm sorry. Primetime Deion Sanders. But Deion Sanders was one of the guys who was amazing at football and amazing at baseball. Like he was not yeah. a Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yeah, Tebow was okay. hasn't. Tebow hasn't played baseball since high school. So. But Tebow was. We'll see. Tebow was okay as a quarterback too. I mean, he wasn't. <laughs> Come on now. He wasn't Brady or Rodgers, okay? He wasn't Brady or Rodgers. <laughs> the, the, um, the white Christians loved him because he, he would bow and pray and was like, was devote, like, I'm a Christian and I talk to God before every game. And it's like, that shouldn't, that shouldn't matter. That shouldn't matter with the game. Right. But it got people to like him. Hey, here's some, here's some, some news that everybody's talking about here. WWE and WCW legend Booker T. Shuggy-ducky quack-quack news story of the week, folks. I'm going to shuggy-ducky quack-quack his face. He uh, recently revealed that Corey Graves is allegedly the reason why he is no longer a member of the Monday Night Raw commentary team. If you remember, Jonathan Coachman has replaced Booker T. Booker made the statement during a recent episode of his Houston radio show, Heated Conversations, mentioning that he never actually threatened Graves, but it was folks backstage who were worried about a confrontation. Although later in that exact same podcast, he said, if I got Corey Graves into fisticuffs, I would beat him down like he stole something. I would be whooping his ass all day long. I'm a nice guy till you get on my bad side. Corey Graves right now, I wouldn't necessarily say he's on my bad side, but he's the reason I'm not on Monday Night Raw right now. So he's flat out said that 
on his podcast. Oh, yeah. He's tweeted. There's been multiple threats on Twitter. He's also quoted as saying things like, I won't fight him in the office. I won't fight him at a stadium. But if I see him on the streets. On the streets. <laughs> so Corey Grave, as far as I know, has only replied with one tweet on Twitter, quoting the art of war, saying, thus the expert in battle moves the enemy and is not moved by him. <laughs> Sun Tzu... And then in, in parentheses, yes, this is what you think it is. Now, if you watched <laughs> Raw this week, you would see even the New Day got into this when they were backstage because yes. um, they were tw- they were live tweeting throughout Raw. And the first time they broke to him, they said, one person wants to know, is Corey Graves got a better jab or left hook? Well, we're going to find out pretty soon. And then later on, when they were doing the uh, SmackDown, or the Raw, no, it must it's SmackDown, not Raw, I'm sorry. But when they were doing the SmackDown Top 10, was it? What am I, am, yeah. I, am I getting confused? No, New Day's Raw, right? Or am I getting really confused here now? Uh, New Day is SmackDown. Okay, thank you. So anyways, they were like, um... There was something about 6%. I don't remember what it was. But they were like, 6%? That's the chance that I give Corey Graves in a street fight. Ha, 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 ha. So, so the New Day... And we'll have to talk about that whole top 10 and all this other stuff coming up. <coughs> but, um, so the New yeah. Day was even talking about it on air. Now, some people believe this to be a work. Now, Justin Barrasso of Sports Illustrated, who we've been getting a lot of news from lately and has been pretty on the ball, he says this whole Graves and Booker T beef is actually being done to benefit both parties. Per Barrasso, this was done so that, quote, Booker T did this to give a little extra heat to Graves, who plays a heel on television, on his way out, while bringing more publicity to Booker T's own show that he's on right now, since he's no longer actually working on Raw. It still gives him publicity through Raw. Booker T, as Barrasso pointed out, is married and raising two kids in Houston, where he plans to run for the city's mayoral election, which seems to be the thing now. (laughs) That's the trend. It is. As such, his sudden departure from the announcing team isn't actually all that surprising, and a lot of people were expecting him to leave pretty soon. Even Dave Meltzer backs up this theory, saying, although there are some genuinely bad feelings, this may be a work because Booker challenged Graves to a WrestleMania match, which we all know Graves cannot wrestle, so that, that won't happen. So, um, what what's your thoughts on all of this, Pasty? I know we discussed it slightly before we recorded, but what's your thoughts on all this? It's been really fucking amusing. That's... <laughs> that it is. I, I've seen all of it, and I'm not one who tweets. I'm not one who twits. I'm not. I'm not on that platform the way I should be. But I've followed all of it, and it's. If it is real beef, that's awesome. If it's if it's just a work, that's even better. Because holy shit, this has got the world right now. And I think um. <laughs> Kind of, and you had mentioned this before we got on the air, but, and I, I agree with what you said. Is I, I think it's kind of a worked shoot. I think, as as Dave Meltzer said, there probably is genuine bad feelings between the two. Maybe they really don't like each oh, other. Yeah. 
but that this is a way for them to both kind of just get publicity amongst each other. Graves is so liked, it's hard for him to be the heel announcer because everybody likes him. And like they said, with Booker T no longer really being on Raw other than on the uh, the pre-shows for the pay-per-views, this still gives his show. I mean, I didn't even know he had a show until now. So this is getting more publicity for right. his heated conversations <laughs> radio show than ever before. But then again, this That's is coming. Stuff. This is coming from the you guy know, who I, said that uh, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho were only trying to promote themselves and they would never actually meet in the ring. And <laughs> I was proven wrong on that. So <laughs> I I truly do believe it's it's more so of a work. Uh, because this week circulating around the YouTubes was like a old, uh, it was a panel and it was Corey Graves, Booker T and some other guy. Um, and he, the, the third guy was the one taking jabs at Booker and Booker was getting pissed and Corey kept being the guy to step in and calm Booker down. Right. And like the next, the, I don't remember what he said in the first sequence, but he calmed him down. Booker didn't stand up. The next sequence, he said um, something about the man who puts the, the stink in stink eye. And Booker looked fucking legit pissed and stood up. And Corey Graves had to stand up and get him to sit down. Granted, that could have been a work in itself. Right. Booker T's slogan was, tell me he didn't just say that. Exactly. So, exactly. That's the character. Either way, it is it is benefiting both of them. And like you said, it's entertaining. I also feel if it was and a major... And it's beneficial to all of us to have Jonathan Coachman back on Raw. Yes, yes. And I do feel if it was a major, major thing, similar to the JBL Morrow thing, they wouldn't be having the New Day tease it, you know, just a week later or two weeks later. Mm. I, I don't think they'd be having the New Day doing such stuff. But the New Day has said some really, you know, with the page stuff and everything else, the New Day seems to be... <laughs> They're good at dropping things without saying them. It's almost like WWE's like, well, if they hint at it, we'll let it be. I don't know. <laughs> um, moving on to some interesting news. The hotel, the hotel Roman Reigns Bed and Breakfast is now open for business in Duff Dunbar, India. Yes, folks, the hotel. Sign me up. <laughs> The hotel bearing Reigns' ring name is listed on several travel websites with photos. I've been to them. I went to booking.com and I copied exactly what it says. This is the description. Featuring free Wi-Fi, Hotel Roman Reigns offers accommodations in Duff Dunbar. All rooms include a flat screen TV. Certain rooms have a sitting area to relax in after a busy day. Certain rooms feature views of our mountains or garden. Every room comes with a private bathroom. Yes, folks. Every room comes with a private bathroom. It's good to live in America where That's they don't a even have to specify that. Yeah, I know. It's fucking... <laughs> There is a 24-hour front desk at the property. The nearest airport is Gaggle Airport, 54 miles from Hotel Roman Reigns. This isn't so much news as just something I found super fucking interesting and, and, and entertaining. I don't know that it has anything to do with Roman Reigns, the wrestler. Nowhere does it mention WWE. Nowhere does it mention right. pro wrestling. It doesn't <laughs> I was expecting anything. to hear, like, every room comes included with a six-foot-tall cardboard cutout. 
Right? WWE champion Roman Reigns. But you know, Reigns. not too long ago, there was a, a photo circulating around. Uh, I, I think I dropped it uh, on our Beef Sticks page. I'm not sure. But there's a taco stand in Mexico somewhere, just a small little dinky taco stand called John Cena Tacos. <laughs> <And it's> like, <laughs> I think some of these foreign countries just kind of get away with stuff. Uh, I just, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Um, Pacey, I, I got to step away for just a second. Take, take control of the show and I will be right back. Okay. Well, folks, NBC has partnered with Rock the Dwayne Johnson and Danny Garcia to produce the new large sale scale physical competition series, The Titan Games, which just is a terrible title in my opinion. But in another, anyway, it will feature Johnson and his Johnson, Johnson and Johnson. The 10-episode series from Universal Television Alternative Studio, A. Smith & Company Productions, American Ninja Warrior, the company behind that, and Seven Bucks Productions, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's production company, will offer everyday people the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to compete in epic head-to-head challenges designed to test the mind, body, and heart. And folks, I did hear him uh, in an interview talking about this as well. He seems to be very excited for it. You know, these shows are out there. I don't know how many more of them we actually need. I mean, I guess Stone Cold's got the Broken Spell Challenge. The Rock was Stone Cold's rival for all those years. I could definitely... I would love to see a rivalry between the two shows, to be honest. Maybe some seasons down the line they have uh, on on the Titan Games, the uh, previous champions from uh, the Broken Skull Ranch, and then vice versa on, on the Broken Skull Ranch as well. It's good. You know, American Gladiator style competition, American Ninja Warrior, it's going to be it's going to be something. And Max Beck, and I definitely want to point this out to him. Man, Stone Cold's got the Broken Skull Challenge. Yep. The Rock's got Titan Games. Yep. I want to see these John shows kind of go Cena ahead. Has, John Cena has American Grit. Oh, shit. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, John Cena But I want to see somewhere grit. down the line. Uh, champions from season, past seasons of those shows on the other show. An old crossover you know episode, I mean? right? Yeah. Yeah. A crossover episode. Yeah, do that. Do that. Yeah. And even have Stone Cold show up to rock show and like, <laughs> you guys could do it. Watch them. I don't, I don't know exactly what the show is going to be like. I assume it's going to be more like uh, American Ninja Warrior than Broken Skull Challenge. Yeah, it's pretty vague, you know, with it, with it saying. <laughs> the the mind body and heart challenges i mean that that's actually pretty simple i I guess i've never seen the broken skull challenge john cena's true grit or or or, yeah true grit or whatever grit american grit yeah is is very like mind body and heart sort of thing um because they gotta sometimes they gotta find uh uh decipher puzzles or decipher maps and do things like a scavenger hunt and then sometimes you just got to run really fast or jump over things. And then sometimes it's about like 
how long can you stand on one foot, which is more heart than body. And so that, that sounds similar to that, but they, they leave it very vague, and I think they leave it vague on purpose. I don't know. There's a lot of shows like this, and as I was saying, I don't know if we need another one, but I guess I'll give it a shot. You know, we don't need another one, but we we don't need Didn't, 99% doesn't, Stallone of has shows. his own one on Netflix, too. Oh, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. Yeah, we, <laughs> and we it's don't terrible. need. Um, we don't need any of these shows, but it's okay because somebody will watch it. And if they don't, then it's just going to go away. So, I apologize to everybody. There's been some technical difficulties at Waterfields Bar Grilling Games where I record, but hopefully, I got some things figured out, um, and it shouldn't cause any issues. Hopefully. We'll see. Hopefully. We'll find out. In the best episode ever. The best. So talking about former uh, WWE superstars who kind of have a big name. MMAfighting.com's Ariel Helwani is reporting that UFC is currently discussing a potential CM Punk match versus Mike Jackson. For UFC 225 in Chicago this June. According to the report, discussions are still actually in the early stages and no final decision has been made yet. UFC has actually just announced the event, which is scheduled to take place at the United Center. They they just announced it last week. And Punk drew speculation about being on the card due to it being in Chicago and tweeting about uh, the match card after it was announced. (laughs) So he's talked about the event, but not that he's going to be there. They have said they wanted to give him a second chance. I mean, if you're going to do it, you do it now or you don't do it. Am I Does right? Mike Johnson also have a 0-1 record? I don't know this Mike Jackson guy. In fact, you call him Mike you Johnson, need and to that give CM Punk Punk like, <laughs> You need to give CM Punk the least risky guy you can possibly hand him. Not saying CM Punk has to win. But I wanted to see a battle of who can lose less hard. <laughs> they just need to match him up with somebody similar to him and, and let his skill or lack thereof take over. <laughs> um, which they actually did. The last one, uh, the other guy wasn't very much more skilled than him. I just think it was ridiculous that they put those two on a big card like this. Those guys should be it's doing gonna be Brock Lesnar dark matches. <laughs> and Paul Heyman. I'd, I'd pay to see Lesnar <laughs> fucking... Punk in an actual <laughs> octagon. UFC executives are pissed Ronda Rousey went to WWE. Right. So they're going to make this happen. <laughs> right. You know what? Ronda Rousey would whoop Punk's ass. I'm sorry. She would. <laughs> she would. God, here's hoping he wins. Or hoping he loses and just comes back to wrestling. I, you know, I love Punk as a wrestler. I do. I, I give him a lot of shit. I love him as a wrestler. I I commend him for standing his ground and, and doing what he wanted to do and taking a risk. I just think, I think he made the wrong choice. I think if he was smart, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I'm armchair quarterbacking. He should have left WWE and went to back to Ring of Honor or to New Japan or to TNA to, to get them some business. He is an awesome, awesome, invaluable pro wrestler. 
he is not a very good MMA fighter. And honestly, um, maybe CM Punk approached them, says he wants another fight. Uh, why would you want another fight? To bring your name back up in the mouths of people. Oh, yeah. Why? Why? What's to get coming a up? Deal. I don't know. The Young Bucks and Cody's uh, 10 Yeah, the, the once in a lifetime. Show. Once in all a lifetime. Uh, all in. All they in. They kind of need Punk. They kind of need Punk. And that makes sense in my brain, too. Hey, and Marty, Marty Skrull has been very vocal that he wants to be the one to bring Punk back, that he just wants a match with Punk. And I think a Punk-Skrull match would just, I would salivate over that. Um, now, yes. what, what what kind of ring See, condition maybe, is Punk in? Maybe CM Punk, maybe his contract with UFC is very uh, restrictive because he did come from wrestling. Like, you can't do any of that while you're contracted. So maybe he's asking for this second fight so he can lose even harder than he did last time. So like, okay, get out of here. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Either way, it's going to bring his name back up. And, yeah, I, I, I watched the last UFC fight of CM Punk's. I was thoroughly entertained for the, what, seven seconds it was. And, uh... I'll watch the next one. I was, you know, it was, I had the exact opposite feeling watching CM Punk's first match as I had watching Brock Lesnar's first match. Because watching <laughs> Brock Lesnar's first match, all of us wrestling fans were like, yeah, we showed him. We showed him that a wrestler could go in there and do it. And then Punk's match is like, yeah, they showed us. They showed us that pro wrestlers need to stay in the fake sport. <laughs> It just, it, it made me feel the exact opposite I had felt with Lesnar. And I think maybe that's why I hold it against him so much is because is because of that. Because as a pro wrestling <laughs> fan and as somebody who just enjoys MMA, I, I mean, it hurt me personally when, when CM Punk risked everything. And, and because I was a huge CM Punk fan. And he, he hurt me personally. He shouldn't have. It shouldn't matter to me, but it does. I'm a fan. It did hurt me. Fucker. Oh, <laughs> uh, anything on that before we move on to, to the lighter weight folks? I think uh, I think we're okay there. That that's good news. Alright. So something else that's been talked about lately, uh at length I think, is uh PWInsider.com has reported or has a report out with a variety of updates regarding WWE's 205 Live brand. Um, we've heard of a lot of stuff. I've, I have just uh, put down a few things I thought were very interesting. And most of them I think a lot of you have heard already. Maybe you haven't, but we're, we're going to discuss them. Um, we'll go over, uh, we'll, we'll go over a, a segment at a time, Pasty, I think. Let's do with that. So the first segment is a, is a three-part thing. Vince McMahon has stepped aside two weeks ago now and handed control of the show over to Triple H like he did NXT. The last two weeks, 205 Live has been run more like an NXT taping with Triple H being so-called the Alpha and Omega when it comes to the decision-making. Basically, he's the end-all, be-all. He's the final guy. It doesn't go past Triple H. There's no, I'm going to talk to Vince. No, the buck stops at H. The vision of the last two weeks has actually been more in line with the original plans for 205 Live before Vince decided 
to get personally hands-on with the product. The first few episodes we've seen, uh, similar to the, the Cruiserweight Classic. So so what do you think of just that, that first little tidbit there, Pasty? It's exciting. It really is exciting. Uh, it's probably a smart move on Vince's behalf. Vince knows how to run a big, long, drawn-out show you that needs a lot of filler. And, and, and 205 <laughs> Live is not a show like that. There's far too many promos and not enough in-ring action. And when you're getting into cruiserweights, that's what you want to see them wrestling. Yeah. I'm uh, pretty excited that Triple H is, is taking the reins. I mean, NXT has been maybe not always a great show, but it's always been consistently better than the other product. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I feel like with NXT, I feel like we're in the uh, second coming of NXT. When it first started airing its weekly shows, it was like some of the best television ever. And in the last year, maybe year and a half, it's been okay. Some great, some completely skippable, but okay. I'd say in the last uh, five months or less... It's, I think this is the new, I think this generation is going to bring it back to its original roots where it's just going to be oh, yeah. must-see. I think this last takeover proves that. So as far yeah. as 205 Live, it has to change. Right now it feels like an episode of Superstars. It's just, to me, uh, and I say right now, obviously the last two weeks has been Triple H, and I haven't watched the last two weeks. So I'm speaking right now as to what it's been. Uh, it's just been another hour of WWE programming that I can afford to miss. I am able to afford to miss. So, I'm okay with this. So, the next little segment here. Triple H has been bringing back many of the hallmarks and traits of the Cruiserweight Classic that we all, I think most of us, enjoyed watching to help 205 Live feel like something other than just another hour of WWE TV, like I said. And this includes the in-ring style and the presentation of the show. <coughs> what are your thoughts on that, on, on switching it? Good. Good. Do it. <laughs> give us, Give us what it was always supposed to be. You know, everybody loved the Cruiserweight Classic. Fuck yeah. You can get that back. And to me, it's supposed to be something different. (laughs) And it's specifically something different. NXT is something different, but not specifically different. The Cruiserweight Classic, to me, is something specific. When I think Cruiserweight, I don't think um, a, a guy who weighs 205 or less. When I think cruiserweight, and I, I'm a WCW guy, so maybe this is my fault. I think old WCW cruiserweight matches. I think Ultimo Dragon. I think Dean Malenko. I think Eddie Guerrero. I think Chris Jericho. I think La Parca. I think of Rey Mysterio, Juventud Guerrero. I think of the lightweight guys doing either very ex- uh, extreme um, car crash matches, as they would say. Or giving you extremely technical masterpieces on the mat. And we haven't been getting either of those things. We've been getting cookie-cutter WWE matches lately. So anything that'll differentiate them, other than purple fucking ropes, I think is cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, 
It's great, man. Triple H has done wonders with NXT. If if he does well, and I hope he does, I hope he more than succeeds with 205 Live. I hope he makes it a staple program. And and I hope that Vince looks at it and says, you know, I've given them these two shows, and look at how much better they're doing. Right. And, and it's a little bit more easy. Not that he has to retire now or in the next five years, but when he does, he's a little bit more at ease with handing it over to Triple H. Yeah. So I'm going to throw in these I mean, next... Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, 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 go. Vince's mom is 105 years old. I don't want to see Vince running WWE till he's 105 years old. And he will if he has his choice. There just comes to be a point where you can't keep up with everything. And right. he needs to see that and step down when it's time. Not now, but when it's time. And Triple H, God, I'm very excited for 205 Live now. Yeah. Once again, let's kick it back to I'd like to see them on the same kind of tour schedule as NXT. Maybe shooting out a full sale like NXT. Um, let's 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 get to that. Let's get to that when we get towards the end here. We'll we'll get into that. Okay. We still got a few things to throw in. I'm going to throw these next two in together. Um, so I think as most of us have have realized at this point. Uh, Vince McMahon has been pushing for 205 Live to actually be more character-driven, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. This is why Enzo was moved to the division and was made a central fixture before being released. And And it uh, started to do it. It started to do it. Yeah. The lead writer for 205 Live right now is Jonathan Beckstrom. Beckstrom, from what I could tell, has been with WWE's creative team since 2013 and has been working as a lead writer since August of 2016. Um, I... I couldn't, I, to me, I, I don't know. I don't know Beckstrom at all. That doesn't do much for me. Um, but, but what's your thoughts on them hiring a new lead writer and the thoughts about uh, how Vince McMahon had his vision for 205 Live and, and what may come from that? Well, Vince's vision obviously didn't work out like i said when enzo went over there was a little bit of excitement for 205 live but it quickly fizzled out yeah nobody would tune into the program anyway they just wanted to see what happened on raw if you're going to continue to have the cruiserweights on raw do that and keep those storylines for raw so it feels like it's a part of raw don't change the ropes just cruiserweights on raw here's a storyline now 205 Live is going to be much more action-driven. Matches matter, you know? Right. And that's that's what I want to see. Uh, Vince's vision is a good idea, but not for an hour-long show. And, I mean, the, the talent pool is pretty diverse. But for a long time, it was all the, all the luchas in a match against all the normal wrestlers. The normal style. You just called Mexicans not normal, Pasty. You realize that, right? No, no. I did not. That's what I heard. The normal style wrestlers. I, yeah. I'm sorry. The Caucasians versus the, the brown skins. That's, that's what it was. And they're just... I, it's it's going to be good. Um... I mean, we got general manager Rockstar Spud, a.k.a. Drake Maverick. 
<laughs> God, you, what a name. You don't like that name. I love that I name. I don't. So. <laughs> I don't like that name. Um, Everybody's like, yes. I'm like, it sounds like a name Homer Simpson would come up with for himself. So I, I will say, um, as far as the, the more character-driven, I, I think you need a mix. And I think WCW was good at this back in the day. They'd pick a handful of the guys. You had Chris Jericho, you had Rey Mysterio, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero. And they had the characters, and you bought into the characters. And then you had the background cast, or or, the, or the, maybe the secondary characters. Because you had... Um, super crazy. You had Hector Garza. You had Super Calo. You had Viano Four and Five. You had La Parca. You had all these other guys who you could bring in and have amazing matches, and you didn't even need a storyline for. With just an hour a week, you can have just four guys being character driven, and then just having amazing matches on the undercard. Other than that, I I firmly believe. Now, I'm not against everybody having a story, and I'm actually for that. Vince Russo was amazing at giving everybody a story. And if you can come up with a story for everybody and still put on amazing matches, that, that's that's great. That's, that's having icing on the cake. So I'm not against Vince being character-driven, because in this day and age, you kind of have to be. Um... And as far as you said about like uh, Raw, them being on Raw and having their own things on Raw, I almost feel like go ahead and keep them on Raw. I'm of two sides of this. I say keep them on Raw so people can see them. And part of me wants to say, but don't let their big matches go on the pay-per-view. Have the big blow-offs on 205 Live so people have to watch 205 Live to find out what happens with them. Now, with me saying that, the Cruiserweights lose a payoff and a payday of of the pay-per-view, and you kind of make them seem like a lesser product because you don't even put them what on your What if they get their own? That's, that, that's a different story, and, and that's I'm okay with. But that that's how I feel. If you're going to keep them on Raw to get an eyes on 205 Live, that'll only work if they can't see the whole story played out on Raw and on the pay-per-views they're already watching. You have to give them a reason to go to 205 Live. Yeah. <coughs> um, and then I'll, um, well, I'll I'll do the next one, and then we can discuss that because that's something we've started talking about, and then I'll do the next one. So currently there aren't any current plans to take 205 Live on the road. The plan right now is to build the brand up by building up the competitors and their in-ring style before considering another experimental WWE Live Events run. So we were just starting to talk about that. I cut you off because I knew this quite, this yep. uh, segment was coming up. So go ahead, give me your give me your feedback. I I want this. Do that. It's it's kind of a smarter idea for a smaller portion of the company. You build the intro by building the wrestlers. And then by the time you go on the road, people are buying those fucking tickets. You know? Do it. Do it, Triple H. Don't let me down. I want to love this show. I want to love this show. Yeah. I did not love that Rockstar Spud came out and spouted that there will be no Cruiserweight Champion until WrestleMania. That soured me a little bit. 
I was just hoping we'd get to it, you know, have maybe a short, quick tournament. And get so are to they, it. well, I was just going to say, so are they having a tournament then that's building up to WrestleMania? Yeah. yeah. I haven't watched anything 205 Live. I'm not ashamed to say that. This week I thought about watching it and I thought I could either watch 205 Live or NXT. I watched NXT. I enjoyed it thoroughly. So I did not watch 205 Live. Um, I'm okay with them having a tournament that builds to WrestleMania. I think that's an awesome blow off for a tournament. Yeah. Um, with them, you know, not going on the road, like you were, like you were saying before, I'd cut you off earlier, and you and I had both talked about earlier. I think the way to go is not have it live. It doesn't have to be two hundred five live. It can be WWE two hundred five, and tape it at full sale with NXT. And instead of taping four weeks of NXT at a time, tape a NXT. Tape a 205 Live, tape a NXT, tape a 205 Live. That way you give um, the the attendance a break and switches it up a little bit. And that way, the, the people going to SmackDown and paying their money to go watch SmackDown are not exactly the same people who want to watch <laughs> 205 Live. You have to target that demographic. And the NXT full sale people are that demographic. They're the kind of people that enjoy that stuff and know these wrestlers from the indies. And you're going to get a better reaction out of them. And you're going to save money. And you don't necessarily have to go on the road, but you can move them to full sale. You can let them tour with NXT because NXT does go on the road. I, You know, you and I were both talking just the other day about this. And we had a long talk, so I know. But, but, but the folks here listening didn't hear it. I feel that was their best bet. What you and I sat down and talked about, man, is that if you could just combine NXT and 205 Live, not as the same show, but in the same tapings. Right. That's your best bet. Hands that is. Down. I also kind of think um, Full Sail is a good idea because they're already established and everything. But what if you put 205 Live on the other side of the country? Over over in, like, uh, um, California California. Summer? Yeah. yeah, and I mean, California would make a lot of fucking sense. Most of your cruiserweights are coming from that region in the United States. There you go with the whole Hispanic no. fucking racism, you bastard. <laughs> no, but you know what? You got, you know, look at look at the uh, California wrestling style. You got PWG over there. You got Chikara over there. Those are both very um, alternative And it would be easier for you to bring in styles. new talent from those places because those people probably don't want to move to fucking Florida. Yeah, yeah, that is that is where you get a lot of that alternative wrestling style from. For sure, definitely. I and and they don't they don't have anything on the West Coast. They have New York and Stanford, Connecticut for the main WWE headquarters, and they have full sale down in Florida for NXT. As far as, like, a base of operations, yeah, they don't really have anything on the West Coast. That's a good point. I've never thought of that. I think that's a really good idea. Because then you do still give a break to Full Sail. Less, you know, constant wrestling. Right. And you can expand. I mean, there's got to be people over there who will fill an arena every week or every four weeks. That's um, That's where Lucha Underground is recorded at also. Now that I think yes. about it, is in, in Southern California. So definitely, the audience is there. Yeah, the audience is there. Shit, yeah, that's actually an ingenious idea, Pasty. 
That is the the built-in. And then just let that, that be all Triple H focuses on. He flies across country, you know, twice a week. Right. He doesn't have to so much have focus on Raw and SmackDown. And he can, they can kind of carry themselves, kind of. And he can have a sergeant at arms that kind of looks yeah. over the place, you know, a handful of trainers that are his main guys over there. Right. Fuck yeah. Wow. I like that. I like that. I mean, um, full sale, it makes sense. It makes logical sense. They're already established there. They can do that. But I think it's a smarter option to set up elsewhere. No, I agree with you. I didn't even think of that because that is the perfect. You got your PWG, your Shikara, your Lucha Underground, which are all that alternative wrestling style. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's and it's an untapped resource. There is no, as far as my understanding is, you got New York and Stamford, which is your WWE headquarters, and you have Florida, which is uh, NXT. Yeah. Cool. One last thing um, about this, which I didn't even hear about till I read this report, so I'm, I'm way off the loop for 205 Live. Roderick Strong was brought up from NXT to 205 Live specifically to freshen up their roster, and there may be some other talents being called up in the recent, in the near future to join the 205 Live roster. I did not know Roddy was brought up. Um, yes, I think yes. I think that's great. I think he... Belongs there. I have said since he signed with WWE that I do not see him getting over on the main roster. Right. I've said that from the beginning, and I don't. I don't at all. So this is good for him. Um and um and, and yeah, there's a lot of guys I could see. Ricochet, you know, Ricochet deserves to be on the main roster, but he might be somebody who would be great to just send a two hundred five live to start out. Oh, there's even some main roster callbacks that I would kind of like the perfect 10. Yep, Ty Dillinger would fit in good there. For sure. Yeah, I did not you know, know and, that. And it gets them out of not being used and puts them in a place where they can excel. And and it kind of puts him back with people he he's already excelled with, which is a great thing. Yeah. I am saddened because this means that if Roddy will not be joining Undisputed Era. <laughs> and I've been shooting for that. I've been a champion of Roddy joining that. But that's okay. Because this is, this is a you good think, place uh, for him. You think he, Ciampa and Gargano will wind up over there? Uh, Ciampa possibly. Gargano, I, I would hope not. I think, I think Gargano is made to be at least an intercontinental champion. I mean, that man, five, I think five years ago, if you would have asked me who is the best wrestler on the planet, I would have said Johnny Gargano. Uh, Daniel Bryan or Johnny Gargano. I'd have said the best <laughs> best wrestler not in WWE, I would have easily said Johnny Gargano. Um, in the years following, it's a toss-up. It was a toss-up between Johnny Gargano and Rocky Romero, and then Okada got into that mix. You know, yeah, but uh, Johnny Gargano, I think, is just too super talented. I hope he doesn't end up there because he does. He could, to me, he could be world heavyweight champion. But whether yeah. that does or does not happen, he he definitely needs a run at the IC or US title. I, I see him on the main roster. It is kind of bizarre to me that Roderick Strong went to 205 Live. I swear he weighs more than 205 pounds. Oh, no. 
You know, a no. lot of the guys in NXT just look, I think they look bigger yeah. than they are. Like, what about Adam Cole? Adam Cole would be a 205 Adam Cole pound, could, wouldn't could he? definitely be in 205 Live, yep. I wouldn't want to see it. He, no. I mean. <laughs> and I don't think they would do that. But Fish and O'Reilly could both end up in 205 Live and, and tag team there. You know? I mean, hey, just look at the Ascension. I'm not saying they belong in 205 Live, but when when they were in NXT, they were like, you know, the big bad tag team. And then you see them on yeah. Raw, and they look like small guys. How much work would it be for them to change the name of the show? Because it should have something more to do with cruiserweight and not a specific number. So now you get into the whole uh, X Division deal, which I was a fan of. I was a fan of. If you remember the X Division in, in TNA, when TNA started, they came out with the X Division. And the X Division, mm. their their slogan was, it's not about weight limits, it's about no limits. So if you were that type of wrestler, you were in the you were in the X division. It wasn't you didn't have to match a certain weight. You just had to be able to to go at a certain pace almost, you know what I mean? Mhm. And I loved it. I loved that. I just don't know that they could do that without looking like they're copying them. But you don't have to put the weight limit up there. You know, WCW right, yeah. and WWE both. WCW's Cruiserweight division changed what their weight limit was multiple times and they fabricate almost every wrestler's weight anyways so a lot of people fluctuated and same with wwe's light heavyweight division in the 90s they their limit changed a bunch of times and not everybody was always in on it either so they should they should just call it cw2 there you go (laughs) cruiserweight championship wrestling and when yeah why not cwcw just call it, yeah, something like that. C-Dub Deuce. C-Dub well, they had, Deuce. They had the C-Dub, got a chant rhythm. They had the C-Dub C, <laughs> the Cruiserweight Classic. Why can't you just have the Cruiserweight Challenge or the Cruiserweight Channel or, you know, you'd keep yeah, the Yeah, but C-W-C. those words don't make sense. Cruiserweight Champions, that to me screams superstars, and I don't like that. I said Cruiserweight Challenge. Or why couldn't yeah, you Yeah, but that sounds the- like a game show. Yeah. I mean, yeah, any of anything works. I agree that they don't. I, number one, you and I are both of the opinion they don't have to be live every week, so they have to get rid of the live right. word in our opinions. At least your and I's opinion. Yes. They have to get rid of the live. Yeah. Just because it rhymes and... doesn't make it fucking good, WWE. Doesn't. And I mean, Triple H, it's probably going to be three letters. Because yeah, they like NXT, to keep NXT doesn't mean anything. It means next. You didn't put that much. It's next. <laughs> they just took the E out. Yeah, that's what it is. It's next. It's the next generation of supertires. It's NXT, next. Took the E out. <laughs> Why didn't they not use that as their slogan? Remember when they had get the F out when they changed yes. from WWF to WWE? So we took the E out. <laughs> took the Dude. E out. And it's very un-E-like, right? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yes. Where were we ah. when we were marketing that shit? <laughs> maybe, Triple H, maybe Triple H had that in his mind the whole time. Like, get the F out, we'll take the E out. The e and out. Vince never caught on to it. And so he's just kind of letting it sit. Like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
I never thought of that until you just fucking spelled it out. To me. Even after I said it, I didn't think about it until you spelled it out to me. Took the E. But, I mean, TNA is total nonstop action. Yep. WCW World Championship Wrestling, WWE World Wrestling Entertainment, yep. NXT. Next extreme talent? I don't think so. Right. Ring of Honor, <laughs> Ring of Honor is ROH, Pro Wrestling Gorillas, PWG, National Wrestling Alliance is NWA. Even the IWGP Championship in in New Japan stands for International Wrestling Grand Prix. It actually means something, folks. You didn't know that, did you? You just thought it was IWGP and it was some Japanese shit. No, IWGP yep. means International Grand Prix. No, Triple H pulled that shit out. He's like, yes. And he he's like, it doesn't have yeah. to mean anything. <laughs> it means enough to me. It means enough to me. I love it. I'm never going to forget this now. I'm always going to think that when I think We got to make NXT. bootleg NXT shirts now. Get the E out. We should. Took the E out. <laughs> yep. With a little with the little scratchy E on there too, like the F but with an extra E. Took the E out. NXT took the E out. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, man, we're we're either gonna go long or we're gonna fucking jibber jabber through some shit. So I, we can go quickly through this because this is just I, um, WWE had their uh, earnings call, which is what they, they do for their stockholders. This is actually WWE as a company, not as a kayfabe entity. And there were some, some points I want to bring up real quickly on that. Uh, Vince McMahon puts emphasis on their digital content and engagement, and he cited their YouTube channel as the number two most viewed channel on YouTube, which impressed me. I don't know that I believe that. Um, it, <laughs> If they're putting it out on, on these um, on these earnings reports, guess, yeah. they should be they should be legal because these are legal things that have to be you know otherwise it's insider trading if they lie about this shit. Um, Vince McMahon credits Paul Levesque and Stephanie McMahon for signing Ronda Rousey. Anybody listening who doesn't yes. know who Paul Levesque is, that's Triple H's real name. Uh, Paul Levesque states that Ronda Rousey has signed a multi-year deal and is quote in ingrained in the fabric of WWE. So they didn't state what the term is, but they did say multi-year. Could just be two-year. We don't know. Uh, WWE Network subscribers, as of December 31st, 2017, so basically as of this new year, total is a 1,547,000 worldwide, and that amount being paid subscribers is 1,471,000 which this these numbers surprise me. The the one million five hundred some odd is actually a really good number for it just being yes. pro wrestling content. That's fucking huge. What really surprised me though is that there's almost a hundred thousand people who are on free subscriptions. <laughs> That's a lot of motherfuckers using free subscriptions. <laughs> I just you know, you always see that how you know it's like create a new account, create a new account, create a new account. There's folks thriving on that. For there to be 100,000 people on free subscriptions, this isn't everybody's first fucking month, y'all. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. I got on my original W, because I've done it myself. I'm a dick like that. No way. Uh, no, but my original email, I've gotten emails like, come back, get three months for 99 cents. <laughs> right. Like, shit, I should do that. <laughs> yeah. 
I think the what? only reason I didn't at the time was because I had just paid for the month. Right. It's just like, eh. So other than that 100000 being free, I mean, I, I think we got to give it up to WWE. <clears throat> there isn't anybody, and I was optimistic about this, but there was nobody, fan or in the business of streaming or wrestling, who ever thought that they would be at 1.5 million subscribers right now. Fucking right. insane, fucking awesome. That's that's all to Vince. You got to give it. all that to Vince. Now that's, give us better insane. content. Hey, they got Mid Atlantic on there now. They got the Coliseum Home Videos. Have you seen that? No. They got the old Coliseum Home Videos, which were the WWE or WWF shows where like they weren't actual pay per views, but they just put out videos of special matches. So there's some awesome ones there. They're they're putting out a lot of good old school content. They're still yeah, but I want that. new fresh content. Thunder's supposed to be coming up pretty soon. I'm I'm I get so more excited about the old stuff than the new that I'm. If they keep putting in old stuff, I'm happy. You and I are two different people in that mind because my issue with the old stuff is that I, they have so much of it, and I don't know where to start. It's old. Like, you which, don't have to start do anywhere. Start just just hit a random fucking thing and watch it and enjoy yourself. Yeah, and that's another thing I think is WWE Network should have a random function. That would be cool, actually. Um, another thing I want to hit on: mixed match challenge, twelve million Cheers. minutes watched. And 6 million views since the series launched four weeks ago. Um, I watched the first one. I haven't watched anything since. How about you, Pasty? I haven't watched any of them, sir. Okay. Um, I don't know if 12 million minutes is good or not. I don't know if 6 million views is good or not. Well, each um, of those people watched two minutes of the whole thing. so I know, right? It's not that good. It's yeah. not that good. <laughs> so I, I just, I, I don't know. But I, I thought it was interesting. I wanted those numbers up there because that's big. Not, not um, when you and I can get a lot of hours of listening time on our shitty little show. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, um, and George Barrios states that WWE's digital content is not, quote-unquote, just a marketing channel. He says it remains firm on the philosophy that the dollars will follow the eyeballs. But he acknowledges that it hasn't replaced television. In other words, they are putting a lot of stock into their WWE network, into their Twitter, into their YouTube, into their um, Facebook TV. But he acknowledges that does not take the place of TV at this time. Um... I don't know that it ever will, because I feel like Vince just wants his toes in as many buckets as possible, which makes sense if you're a businessman trying to make the most money. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. There's a lot of money in commercial advertising on television, more so than there is on the Internet. True, true. And it's so much easier to avoid the stuff on the Internet, even though it's getting so much easier now on television also. It's so much easier to avoid um, advertisements on the internet. So, um... Yes. We're going to move right along. Uh, I I did want to talk about this because I want to give a plug to it. And we, we touched on it just a moment ago. Ring of Honor is currently at this moment... Although it might be over by now because we've been talking. It was, Ring of, Ring it was of Honor. more than a moment ago. <laughs> right? 
Ring of Honor is currently airing Honor Reigns Supreme, their their pay-per-view event, free. It started at 7 p.m., which would have been 6 p.m. Uh, Central here, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. On It's free stream on their website, on their Facebook page, or on the Fight app. That's F-I-T-E app. I am going to find out um, if it's still available for stream after our show. When our show is done here, I am going to go and check if it is still up on their um, website and or Facebook page because I want to watch it. If it is up, I will post something on our Facebook page and a link, and hopefully it stays up for a while. Everybody can watch it. Here is the announced card so far in case you're interested after you're done watching our show. The Bullet Club featuring Cody Rhodes, Marty Skrull, and Hangman Page is taking on The Kingdom, Matt Taven, uh, TK O'Ryan, and Vinny Marsagalas. ROH World Champion Dalton Castle is teaming with the boys to take on SoCal Uncensored, which is The Addiction, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. Jay Lethal takes on Jonathan Gershom. Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta take on the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. Punishment Martinez versus Flip Gordon. Kenny King taking on Shane Taylor. And others announced to compete tonight are the television champion Silas Young, Dem Boys, the Briscoes, and Women of Honor's own Deanna Perrazzo, Kelly Klein, and Mandy Leon. I think it is so awesome that they are giving away one of their big events for free streaming. I know they just opened up their new Facebook page. I did not write it down. I believe it is... Oh my... I think it's rohwrestling.com. Why didn't I write that down to give them a plug? But I know they just opened up a new web address from what it used to be. I think it used to be ringofhonor.com. I think it's rohwrestling.com now. So I think that's a way to get eyes on them there. But, um... I recommend if it's still streaming after we're done talking here, go check that out. It looks good. From what I can tell, there are no title matches, which is kind of a bummer and kind of a letdown. I, I checked a few times and I couldn't see anything that's a title match. But they look like good matches. Right, Pasty? Right? Okay. I may have lost pasty as I got all excited about that. Um, give me a second to throw him a bone and I will get right back with y'all. Um... So, again, I definitely recommend checking that out. I'm going to check it out. Uh, before we get into NXT TakeOver Philadelphia, and before we get over into the uh, Royal Rumble predictions, I have a couple injuries to report. I feel so confused right now, folks.
I just heard something. What? Okay, I heard you now. Hey. I heard you say what? You scared me. Woo! I'm a ghost. All right. Well, we're back at it. You you heard me the whole time, huh? Yes, I was here the whole time. Okay, sounds good. Very sounds strange. Good. Very strange, but that's all right. I'm, I feel good. Uh, my, my stuff stopped recording on my end, so I'm going to go scope that out. Oh, this no. is the best one, folks! <laughs> remember that! The best one! It brings us back to our fucking days when we started out when shit got all funky. <laughs> funky like a monkey. <laughs> That's good. That's alright. Pasty will get us back up on the YouTube end. And uh, while he's doing that, I'll go over some injuries and everything, and then we'll get into... Uh, Takeover, Royal Rumble, Raw, SmackDown, all of that fun shit. Um, you know, I, I'm happy when we have less injuries. I'm always happier. And I've only got two injuries to report. One is really not good, and the other one is actually just a um, just a continuing uh, uh, thing. So, without further ado, Jason Jordan, as a lot of you may have noticed, he... Uh, he, he would not participate this Monday due to a neck injury. That is a legitimate neck injury. Yes, folks, Kurt Angle's baby boy actually ended up having neck surgery Tuesday morning, less than 24 hours after he appeared on that Raw, and was physical. He didn't really take a bump, but he was physical. According to WWE.com, he had an injury to a disc in his neck, which resulted in significant pain that was refractory to all conservative measures. What refractory to all conservative measures means? I think that just means that they had to do surgery or he was going to be in pain. I think it's a, a fancy phrase for that. WWE Medical Director Dr. Joseph Maroon said it was decided to do a minimally invasive operation to decompress the nerve to allow it to heal. The procedure Jordan underwent is called a minimally invasive posterior cervical microdisconnectomy. How do you like that, folks? I said that straight on just fine after my sixth yes, beer did. even. It is not known just how long Jordan will be out of action, but this is neck surgery. So my guess is the poor guy is missing mania, at least as an actual uh, competitor, which is not good for him. I know all um, all signs kind of point. Jason to Jordan's wife. I gotta, I gotta go out here because I don't see this in the news here at all. <clears throat> Jason Jordan's wife, April Everhart, is uh, calling that out as fake news. Oh, because I had seen yes. her tweet that that he was actually. I had seen her tweet that he was injured and got surgery. Yeah, yeah, minor neck surgery, and we'll be back in no time. Not okay. eight months. Well, nobody said eight months. Or we didn't say eight months, you and I. I think that's what they said this week on the shows. Oh, you and I did not say that. I have not, I did not say eight months. Nowhere okay. on here. Um, I had, it is not known how long Jordan will be out of action. But even if it's not eight months, I can't imagine with it being the middle of February now and WrestleMania being the middle of April, yeah, I can't imagine he's going to be ready at WrestleMania is, is what I'm saying. 
Um, yeah, she. I, I was gonna say I seen a quote saying that she, Seth, Seth and Dean were supposed to hold the tag titles until just before WrestleMania or at WrestleMania when Dean would stab uh, Rollins in the back. But then Dean since Dean was out and screwed Jordan that up. was replaced, <laughs> I had a feeling they were gonna go with that same storyline with Jason Jordan. Yep, and now he's injured. <laughs> So it's kind of rough on you know, poor Seth. Injuring people or around people as they get injured. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? He's a, he's a jinx. He's just a jinx. Yes. That's yeah. why Roman Reigns reluctant to go back to the Shield. He's like, ah, I'm doing pretty good over here, guys. So with Reigns <laughs> probably being set to face Brock, it's like, what is? What do they do with Rollins? They got him in this feud. And it's kind of feud with the bar now, so it's like, what do they do? Do they have him versus Sheamus or him versus Cesaro? Do they have a handicap match, maybe? Does he get another? I hope they don't just team him with another guy. I hope not. (laughs) It's been rough for poor Rollins, yeah. It really has. Um, The other thing to talk about here is the big show. He was on Busted Open Radio, and he opened up about recent complications. He said, quote, I've had a hip resurfacing injury in September. The surgery went really well. I got home, and after three and a half weeks, I was walking a mile. Things started to feel good, but then I got a fever. I found out I had a surgical infection. The more I find out about these metal implants, it's quite high to get an infection. I don't think that's what he meant to say. I think he meant either it's not likely or it's quite low. But anyways, he said, I just got the unlucky draw. The hospital I had it done in New York is one of the top in the world for least amount of surgical infections. They had to open me up again, take it out, clean it, flush it, etc. If the infection had got any worse, they would have had to cut the metal pieces out put in what they call a cement joint for three months, and then do a full-on hip replacement, which would have ended my career completely. I got a thing called a PICC line, which is basically an IV line from my left arm to my heart. For seven weeks, I was walking around with an IV bag three times a day, total of eight hours a day. So it's not a new injury, but it is complications with uh, some surgery that he just recently had. But he's been he's been on TV it's and looking rough. good. So I mean, yeah, yeah, and he was recently tweeting that he's been a picture of him working out, saying he's better than ever. Yeah, so hopefully he gets this whole thing taken care of, um, and has 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 as least uh, um, complications going forward as possible. I know what that's all yeah. about, man. A, a few years ago, I had a routine, easy surgery, and I had infections and complications up the ass. And every now and then, you're just the one person that draws that unlucky straw, and and you get it. No matter how good or bad uh, the doctors or the hospital is, it's just it's part of life. And you might be that one person. And I dealt with it. I feel it. I get it. I understand it. You just moved Philly for some reason. <laughs> Making it look nice on the page. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jumped all of a sudden. I was like, whoa. 
I love that it updates live. That's that's why we have to use this program. It is great. It's wonderful. It is great. You ready to get into Takeover, Loke? Uh, well, I did want to say, like, I hope a speedy recovery for Big Show. I don't want to see him spend another five years in WWE, but I do want to see one final run for the man. Yeah, he's, well, um, he's looked worse than he looks now. I wouldn't say he's had the best um, in his career, but he's been worse in his career than he's at now. Yeah. And just given, I mean, you talk about it, he started back in 1995 in WCW. His first match was against Hulk Hogan. His first professional on-screen match was against Hulk Hogan, and he won the title. And you look at years later, I mean, that's been 20-plus years he's been in the business. And you know what? Sometimes he's actually held the product down and, and hurt the product. But he's been loyal. He's stuck around. He's had great matches. He's had horrible matches. He's had a ton of memorable moments. WWE has has raped him for memorable moments. That's for sure. From everything from breaking um, rings when they have suplexes to jumping on his father's casket as the big boss man drove away with his dead father. So, I mean, he's, he's done, he's almost done it all. Right. So, yeah, I mean, as long as the man can go out there and do it, let him go out there and do it. Wish him the best. Um, yeah, his knockout punch is awful, but whatever. <laughs> you don't love it? I don't that love it. That super slow motion punch. <laughs> it's so great. I am glad that he doesn't hurt people with it. Because if he went full-on punch, he would knock a motherfucker out. Oh, yeah. You know, it's got to be scary to have that power. And, hey, he took a full-on punch from uh, um, Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather. Yeah. Mayweather. Took a straight-on punch to the jaw that knocked him loopy. You got to give him credit for that. How many people will let a professional boxer ungloved just fucking wail him in the face? Not me. Not me. <laughs> Not at all. We ready to move on, Pasty? No? Yes? Yes. Yes. Oh, oh I, I didn't hear you. Sorry. Didn't hear you. Yes. All right. Weird. So, Philadelphia Takeover happened um, uh, a week, about almost two weeks ago now. Almost a week ago. Almost two weeks. Almost two weeks ago. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, uh, awesome show. Some great matches. We're going to touch on a few of them. Um, just to let you know, the first match, Tag Team Titles, Undisputed Era, defended their titles against the Authors of Pain and won them. I called that one. Um, yes, you did. Velveteen Dream <laughs> defeated Cassius Ono in what is written very weirdly on the screen. 
And I called that one also. <laughs> Cassius Velveteen Dream defeated Oh No. Um, so oh gonna... No. <laughs> Whatever. Picked up another point there. Um, NXT Women's title. I did want to talk about this, Pasty. I don't know that we have to talk much about it. I thought this was an awesome match. Oh, um, yeah. Shayna impressed me. Yes. Holy shit, is she ruthless. I like it. I like it a lot. And Moon sold like hell. I almost it was it was a very, very good match. This this like I said, this this takeover, I know when I was talking to you, we didn't get a chance to talk about it on the show, of course. But uh when I was talking about it to you, this this feels like a good old NXT takeover. Yes, yes. To the like I said, man, I think this is the second coming because this felt like you said, like a good old takeover. Um I, I don't remember a lot of specifics about this match. I know Shayna was dominating the most of it. Um, Ember Moon did end up picking up the wind with the Eclipse. But Shayna Baszler was ruthless, and Ember Moon was just selling everything that Shayna gave her. I mean, you you felt for Ember the whole time. And I think, at least me, you honestly, I honestly felt Shayna could have won it at this match. There's a few times I was like, she might win. Yeah, yeah. It was intense. It was a fucking good match. Working, just working body parts. Yeah, and good storytelling. Just awesome storytelling. And for Shayna Baszler being so new to the business, the fact that the storytelling was so great, I mean, is is for both women, you got to give it up to them because it's right. hard for somebody... Ember retained her championship, but Shayna walked away the winner. I mean, she didn't win, but holy shit, this is good for her. Yeah, she definitely impressed you and made you think that anything could happen, for sure. Um, you and I both picked Ember Moon to win, so we both picked up a point there. After that, we had an Extreme Rules match with Aleister Black taking on Adam Cole. Aleister Black won this one. This uh, this wasn't as ruthless as it could have been, but we definitely have to talk about the ending. Yeah. Uh, so, so Al- uh, uh, um, I, I, I guess not... Yeah, yeah, it was the ending. Aleister Black set up two chairs and he put them seat to seat like he was going to like power bomb them or death valley driver or whatever, you know, put them through them like they do. But then he thought twice about it and he turned it around and put them back to back so that they were literally just a point up, like just a jagged edge. Yes. And, And he picked Adam Cole up and he dropped him back first onto the point of those fucking chairs and damn near broke Adam Cole in two. Almost snapped him in half like Macho Man snapping into a Slim Jim. Can you dig it? Holy <laughs> shit. I mean, and it was, yeah. a, it was a decent I marked the fuck match. out when he did something as simple as turning the chairs around. Yeah. And I thought, <laughs> I thought that Cole was going to like like weasel out of it. Yeah, yeah, no, I thought definitely, I thought it was going to be used against Alistair, because usually you set up what you're going through, you know what I mean? See, I, no, I didn't even think that. I thought he was going to weasel out of it and then get, like, Alistair's face onto one of the seats or something. I didn't even (laughs) think they were going to use the the two backs together. And they ended up doing it, and it looked sick, and, um... You know, I, not only do I got to give it to Adam Cole for taking it, 
because that had to hurt. I, I give yeah. so much credit to Alistair Black for not breaking Adam Cole's back and landing it somewhat safely. Yeah, he still fought in the Royal Rumble the next day. Oh, man. Awesome, awesome match. And when this match was over, I said to myself, this is the match of the night. No one's topping this. There was no you way that... Wrong. There was no way that Almas <laughs> and Johnny Gargano were going to top this match. No way. It wasn't going to happen. I, was, I will give you that. That's exactly where I was. Holy shit. This, this was a good old fucking NXT takeover. My God. So then we see in the NXT title match. Catalina Andrade Cien Almas versus Johnny Gargano. And uh, this, I mean... In 2018's manager. <laughs> very easily could end up being the match of the year. I honestly believe, and this is my opinion, I think I, I think I said it to you too, either through message or verbally. I honestly think this match was better than anything on Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. And I don't say that lightly because... Um, this was, you know what? This Wrestle Kingdom was worse in the last two years. This wasn't the best Wrestle Kingdom ever. But it was still awesome. And the fact that this match on a, on not only an NXT TakeOver, but just a, like a Rumble NXT TakeOver. This wasn't the Mania TakeOver. This is just a, uh, um, a, a Rumble TakeOver. It's like, holy shit, the fact that this match was better than anything we've seen there. Fuck. Fuck. I... It was amazing. You can't even explain it. And if you haven't watched, go sign up for a free WWE Network account. Right, everybody else says. You you can't explain it. It was just so much back and forth. There were so many false finishes. There were so many times I thought it was over. I honestly... And you know what? Not only that, but I think they knew people like me were waiting for Ciampa to interfere because there was like so many times that it seemed like Ciampa was going to interfere. And I even seen it in the audience. There were so many times where something would happen and the audience would jump up and look towards the entryway waiting for Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs> and, uh, and, and they did their best to tease us, and that was good. That was awesome. I love that. I think that's great. And I marked out so much. When uh, Zolita Vega was interfering against Johnny Gargano for Andrade Cien Almas, and and uh, uh, in the front row is uh, uh, I've just lost her name. The world's cutest tag team with with Joey Ryan, uh, Candice LeRae. Sorry, Can- Candice Michelle. Yeah, yeah. Candice LeRae, not Michelle. There you two, go. Two hugely <laughs> different know. people. Um, yeah. um, his wife, Johnny Gargano's wife, Candice LaRea, actually interfered and knocked her out, took out uh, Vega, and, and took her out of the equation. And that got a huge pop. So, like, all the people there knew because they were chanting, We want Candice. So, that's cool. I watched the latest um, NXT also after that, and um, she's in. She's in there now between Johnny and Sienna and Vega and her. So <coughs> NXT, at least, I don't know about WWE, but NXT has enough faith in Candice LeRae that they're throwing her in the main event right now. 
awesome. That was great. I, I just don't have enough good things to say about yeah. this match, and it's hard for me to even explain it. It was a fucking classic. It had everything you could possibly want. Easily. And more. It had stuff I, I didn't know I wanted. It had but I got I a bone know. to pick with you, you motherfucking fucker. All right. You do not get point five points. Why not? I get half a point. Because Chapa did not interfere in the match. That's why I get a half a point. No, you get like point two five. <laughs> you get point five for for calling out and not getting it. I'd have got two points if I'd have got it, right? Uh, I mean, you got to uh, you got to get some kind of punishment. You can't just you can't just call the things and they don't happen. Which we have fine. been doing in the past. We've been we've been adding extras, but not like penalizing ourselves for them. This is the first time I've penalized us, Loke. And I'm penalizing myself. In the past, we've said, like, interferes, but then we didn't penalize for it. <laughs> so since it's a new year, I've started, I, I figured we'd penalize. If you if you call something, if it happens, but what you called didn't happen, but the outcome happens, you get a half a point. But if what you called happens, you get two points. That way there's a risk, right? Yeah. I mean, if you yeah, give me only, right. if you give me only two five, I still beat you. But I gave myself less than you. I gave you a full point for it. I, I penalized myself, and this is the first time we've penalized for calling things. Usually, penalized with us means something completely different. That is true. It's kind of like docking. That's what we call docking, folks. <laughs> is penalize. Initiate, penalize. <laughs> um, all in all, this is, I can't say this is the best takeover ever, but this is going to be in the talks of the best NXT takeovers ever. And that match oh, yeah. is going to be on the, every, every time somebody talks about the best NXT matches ever, this, this match is going to be in, in, in the talks. You know, and the best part is... For how great this NXT TakeOver was, I didn't walk away from the Royal Rumble thinking it was a piece of shit. Yeah. That's a good... You and I talked about that. I think they really stepped up their... uh, I think the Rumble stepped up their game to where you didn't feel over... For the first time, the... I had to say it. NXT TakeOver was probably better than the Rumble. But it didn't take away from the Rumble the way it usually does when an NXT pay-per-view succeeds. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And I would say with the fact of one being four hours and one being two hours, right. that it's probably about pretty even, if you put it that way. Oh, I watched the whole fucking two-hour pre-show, too, because I am a stupid ass. So that's what, six hours? Six hours of Royal Rumble. Yeah, I, I didn't. <coughs> I didn't, and I, uh. 
wasn't going to. But I, I will say, I mean, I, I go back. My my goal right now, pretty soon. You didn't even tune in until 7 o'clock. I didn't. But it worked, because at least when you tuned in, we were on the same page. But my goal for uh, NXT right like now, Xavier, in, the, in the immediate future, is I want to go back and I want to watch um, uh, Sasha Bailey. I want to watch... Um, Nakamura and Sami Zayn, and I want to watch Andrade Cien Almas and Johnny Gargano, those three NXT TakeOver matches back-to-back and pick out which one I think is the best. That's my personal goal for myself. It has nothing to do with the podcast or nothing. I just really want to do that. And if nothing else, it's just going to be an awesome, you know, hour and a half of entertainment. They should have a WWE collection on there for that. They should. Um, give me three shakes of a lamb's tail and I'll be right back and we'll get into the Royal Rumble. I'll be really quick. Hold on. I got to take care of something. The lamb's tail shakes once and twice and three times a lady. Nah, fuck all that shit. Fuck all that shit. Man, buttered pop culture. I brought it up at the start of the show. I'm going to bring it up again right now. New show coming to you from Cloud Style Broadcasting. Actually, it's me and the Fat Mac in a whole nother format. Digging our fingers deep into pop culture to find out what makes entertainment tick. Everything you love will be explored and dissected and molested. It's going to be a great show. I'm actually really excited for it. We did get the page up, so if you wanted to check us out on Facebook, check out at Buttered Pop Culture. Show's going to start soon. Uh, we had talked about starting it last weekend, and then the illness befell the B-Sticks podcast show. So we didn't do anything last weekend. Uh, we might try to get around to it this weekend yet. I don't know. We haven't really talked about it too terribly much. But we do want to get these episodes coming out to you as soon as possible. I know um, Fat Mac wants to sit and dissect the, the Cloverfield series. Yes, it's a series, folks. Cloverfield is more than just one movie. And I myself... For an early on episode, would like to take a look at the magic behind Nintendo. Because they've got something, man. They've got something. They can compete with 4K resolution high-end game consoles and keep up. It's crazy. It Actually, is... right now, they're outselling PS4, which is phenomenal. It is the magic of Nintendo. And you know what? If we if we play our cards right, we can coincide the uh, Buttered Pop Culture release at um, with the Fantastic Fables release because there's a Fantastic Fables that's going to be coming out talking about what, in my opinion, is the best Super Mario game of all time, which is Mario Brothers. Two, sometimes called um, Super Mario USA, sometimes called Super Mario Brothers Two, sometimes called the fake Super Mario Brothers 
Now, is that your favorite because you had to disqualify Super Mario RPG? Because that is obviously the best Mario ever. Why would I have to disqualify Super Mario RPG? I love Super Mario RPG. I wouldn't disqualify that. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. I'm no. just saying. My my episode would have been Mario RPG. Actually, I'm playing it again now because I got Nintendo Fever. That would actually be a <laughs> really good... Um, that would be a really good episode to do, and I'd be okay doing it. And I actually have an ongoing game on my uh, Wii of Super Mario RPG. Because that is, that is a fun one. Um, not my favorite. Not even... Um, not even my second favorite. Uh, maybe in my top... It's maybe in my top five. But I definitely... I definitely put uh, Super Mario World and Super Paper Mario above that also. Super Paper Mario. Yeah, Super Paper Mario is one of the best Mario the games ever. The first two ever. Paper Marios are the only Paper Mario. No, first two. Super first Paper two Mario Paper is the second one. Yeah. The one with Colin Black. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. With the flip side and everything? No, the second one was Thousand Year Door, buddy. Yeah, that's the one with Count Black, Loke. That's the main villain. Yeah, but called Thousand Year Door. It's not called Super Paper I think it's called Super Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door, isn't it? Uh, I think Super Paper Mario was the next one. Hmm. Hang on. Look it up. I could be <laughs> Another... Another quick look at the show, guys. <laughs> I am happy to say, even though uh, the uh, technical difficulties Super at Paper Water... Mario was third one. Oh, okay. And that okay. was on the Wii. So then I'm wrong. I, I meant Thousand Year Door, the one with Count Black. The one with uh, the flip side and everything. Yes. Mimi and, and O-Chunks and all of them. I still want to say the first one's better, but... I don't that think was the it first is. Game I, that was the very first game I ever stayed up all night playing. Yeah. I can believe that. Yes. I can believe that. But I do love Mario yeah. with the RPG uh, mentality, which both soup, with both uh, Paper Mario and Mario RPG gives you the RPG mentality. Both of them do. And, and at that point, you do got to give some credit to the Mario and Luigi games on handheld consoles. Yeah. At least the first couple were exceptionally good. And I've played a handful here and there throughout the timeline, and I always find myself enjoying it too. My son it's plays just, a lot of them. You I've give never... more stories helps everything so much, and they all have so much humor to them. I've never played any of them, but my son has played probably all of them, and he loves them. And did you know there is one where it's three people, and it's Mario, Luigi, and Paper Mario? No, I didn't know that. One of the Mario Luigi games is Mario Luigi and Paper Mario. Paper Mario is the third character. I played the first two, and then I played it might be, Bowser's is it Inside Story. Sticker Star? Pretty okay. Might Sticker be Mar- Star's Paper Mario game. Okay, then maybe that isn't it. There's one that's the, it's a Mario and Luigi game, and the third person is uh, uh, Paper Mario. And he's cool. his own person. He's different than Mario. <laughs> well. Anyway. <laughs> let's talk about the Royal Rumble. Um, I got a few well, matches we're going to talk about. First, let's say the pre-show 
had the U.S. Open Challenge. Bobby Roode uh, defended his title against whatever taker. It ended up being Mojo Rowley, and Bobby Roode won. I have heard that Dolph Ziggler was supposed to be the original guy to take it. And I have heard that... Oh, there was another person I heard was supposed to be the one to take it. Or to, to, to go against him. Every time I think Rude was supposed to win, but... I don't know. Dolph Ziggler, I, I know you picked Dolph Ziggler, but it just seems weird that he would have gave up the U.S. title just to come and try to win it back on this. Right. Now he's going after the WWE Championship. Which still makes no sense that he returned and did that. But anyways... <laughs> Rude one, I got a point for that. But I, I you know, I, I will say on the Royal Rumble, I ended up winning the majority of them, but I took the safe route. And um, all the way through, I think I took the safe safe route. So I'll take the win, but it was um you were the one going out there and going for the going for the fence, swinging for it's the, the fence. It's the Royal Rumble. Anything can happen. That's true. It's Especially when things are open-ended, it's kind of hard <laughs> to make the call. But, but I took the safe I route, to and I think it. this year the safe route f- worked. But I think this is a good year where I, I, I often say I don't like predictability, but being unpredictable just to be unpredictable is not good. That can even hurt you. Yeah. And this year yeah. I think a lot of it was predictable, but I think I enjoyed it. So you yeah. move on to the two-on-one handicap match for the WWE Championship. AJ Styles took on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Um, you went with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which again was the long shot win. I went for AJ. AJ won it. Um, but in in suspicious um, fashion, the guy that AJ pinned was Sami Zayn. Or it was Kevin Owens. It was Kevin Owens, but Kevin Owens was not the legal man. Now, again, what really throws this off is was it three weeks ago? <laughs> they had a match where the wrong Uso got pinned, and they completely and they stopped the, the show, looked at the replay, <laughs> and started the match over again. And you and I both said that week, you can't do that because it sets a precedence. So why, <laughs> now that it's an actual championship match right, on right. a pay-per-view the that's WWE important, championship match. why wouldn't you restart the match? It's stupid because of that, but um, the yeah. match itself was Especially decent. since it's on the same show. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't even Raw three weeks ago. It was SmackDown. But the match itself was pretty decent, I thought. Um, I liked the uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn stuff. I honestly thought that they were going to... Well, I guess this goes into SmackDown, too. But I thought they were going to trick everybody and work together. And they actually had a lot of times they were against each other. But uh, this was a good... Which is good. Yeah, yeah, it is good. Because they they both should want it. It was a good enough match. It wasn't amazing. Just... The problem is, is they're just building this up to Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. And yeah. we just had Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. And it's the same and story. And the storytelling was better last time. It was. And it's, and you know, in this match specifically, it's just hard to make a handicap match amazing. So it was an okay match. It told the I story. Mean, 
least this time in Kevin's Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's feud, there's a story to it, not just these guys go way back and didn't like each other from back then. Right, that isn't just the story that they grew up together. I yeah, I hear you there. They're giving them a reason to feud. Yeah. Um. After that, we had a two out of three falls match for the tag team titles: Usos versus Gable and Benjamin. Um. The Usos won the first two falls without uh, Gable and Benjamin getting a single fall. I right. thought that was cool. I liked that they threw us off because I don't think either of us expected that. I don't think anybody expected it. Because even when I called it, I said Gable and Benjamin will get the first fall, and then right. the Usos will get the next two. Guarantee um, it. Good oh. match. Um, it wasn't the two out of three falls match that I wanted. That was just a hard-fought, fucking crazy, you know, 45-minute match. But they. But it uh, can't be on the pay-per-view. No, well, it could. But it with, with two rumbles, it can't. You're right. With two rumbles, it can't be. No. Um... But this was an un, this was an unpredictability that I thought worked well. I did not see that happening. I thought it worked good. I thought it helped push the Usos. I really enjoyed this match also. Pasty, you called the Usos. You get a point for that. I did not call the Usos. I get a point. Then we had the Men's Royal Rumble. Halfway through the match, I don't think anybody predicted that either. <laughs> that the mid-main event would be the Men's Royal Rumble. Right. Um, I was really I was really not happy when AJ Styles defended his championship to open up the night. And then I was less happy when the Men's Royal Rumble started. But seeing the pay-per-view as a whole, it all makes sense. Yeah, I would agree with you. After after you after you step back and look at the whole painting, it's cohesive. Every time, every time they did something like that, I'm like, okay, well, this better be fucking good then. And it it didn't disappoint me. And it was so, good. The rumble. Good. This was one of the better rumble matches we've had for a long time. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I actually paid attention to the Royal Rumble. Yeah, it was like wow. Now, um, um, full discretion here, folks. I tuned in right now. So when the Men's Royal yeah. Rumble started was when I first tuned into the whole pay-per-view. Um, for some I gotta reason, make sure I message you <laughs> when I know a pay-per-view is starting earlier. Right. Because you're always like, I thought it was at 7. No, man, it's a big four. Yeah, for some These reason, things are like 12 really, hours long. I wasn't thinking about it. Because the, the, the thing is... Earlier, I had thought about, oh, it's coming up, like, at 5 o'clock. I was like, oh, I know it's coming up. And so I decided to watch something that was, like, an hour long or something, or two hours long to to kill the time. So it was like, I could have. But anyways, I really was invested in this. Um, Finn Balor was, what, number two or number three or something? Um, I think number three. They had, anyways, Uh... the whole time... There was always somebody in there that you were interested in. And there was always action going on. I really enjoyed that. It came down to six people. And this was awesome because they had the old guard versus the new guard. On the old guard side, they had Randy Orton, John Cena, and Rey Mysterio. 
And by the way, Rey Mysterio got Rey a much better reaction than he did when everybody expected um, Daniel Bryan to be number 30 and Rey Mysterio <laughs> came instead and got nothing but booze. <laughs> much better this time. Um, so, And then on the new guard side, you had Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, and Shinsuke Nakamura. And they Finn Balor was in it. What's that? Finn Balor was in it number two. Okay. Yeah, Something and back. you know what? Sorry. And um, and the way they were selling Finn Balor and the fact that he was at number two, I thought that maybe he could win it. And I know um, two weeks ago when we had our preview for it, I said Shinsuke Nakamura was my pick, but Finn Balor might have been my number two. And I was almost thinking Finn Balor was going to win this. So they had him across the ring. And they go to fight Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Yeah. They had three and three. <laughs> I don't want to see that. Looking at each other. And so they all fought, the, the six of them. Robble, 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 robble. Anyways, of course, Rey Mysterio gets thrown out, and Finn Balor gets thrown out. And it comes down to John Cena, Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, and Nakamura. And I messaged you, Pasty, and I said, this is where we find out if WWE listens to the fans. Yep. Because it could have gone Roman Reigns, it could have gone John Cena, it could have gone Randy Orton, but no. That's all I was hoping. It went (laughs) Shinsuke Nakamura, and it's like, you know, him him and John Cena were the two obvious choices. But man, I was so ecstatic when they actually pulled the trigger on Shinsuke. Because there are a lot of reasons to not do it, and they did it. (laughs) And good God, man, I love Shinsuke now that he's won the Royal Rumble on SmackDown. I'm going to beat you I at WrestleMania. I am going to beat you at WrestleMania. Me <laughs> to the face. I want that as a fucking ringtone. <laughs> I know, I love it. This was I hope cool. he loses at WrestleMania, and then at the Raw after WrestleMania, he's still doing it. Right? <laughs> that would be great. This was this was good. This had me jumping. This had me hooping. This had me hollering. This gave me, um, this gave me faith because, like I said, I honestly felt like when when these four were in the ring together. I felt to myself like, okay, we're going to see if times are never going to change or if times are changing. And I th- think times they are changing. They set up on purpose just to make you feel oh, that feel. Yeah, yeah. They played with our <laughs> emotions, definitely. I mean, that was, you, you're, you're damn right, Pasty. That, that was, they strategically put those six people in at the end and those four people at the end and they those two. psychologists in the world. To come up at that spot because the last two were Roman Reigns and Shinsuke, so it's basically is it fucking yay or boo, yay or boo, yay or boo. We got yay, right? Kick ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it was genius having it come down to Roman Reigns and Shinsuke too, because it could was. go either way. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, every one of us knew it could go either way. And I think I think most of us, myself included, thought it would it might go Roman Reigns. Like, uh... it's good on the edge of your seat entertainment from the WWE. Thank goodness, wonderful. 
And this Wonderful. is yeah, and this is a perfect example of where being predictable can be good. Yes, because a lot of us. I mean, me picking Nakamura was the safe bet. It's not like I went out of the fucking realm and said, "Hey, I'm going to pick Nakamura." That was a fairly safe bet for me to pick. I picked Big Cass, and I'm very disappointed in myself. <laughs> and I got a point, and you didn't. But I, it's good because my guy they, didn't even enter in the rumble. If they would have picked Randy Orton, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Your guy didn't even. That's true. I but made up for it in my woman's predictions, though. <laughs> but if, if they would have picked Randy Orton just to be unpredictable, that would have been horrible. Horrible. So that that's a good example of that. Moving on, we had the tag titles for Raw. Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan versus The Bar. The Bar ended up winning the titles from Jordan and Rollins after... Um... Oh, d- uh... I don't even remember what happened. Fuck. Do you remember Pasty? Some kind of shenanigans uh, on Ro- on Jordan. Yeah, what shenanigans? Jason Jordan being a shenanigan. Oh, yeah, he sat down on the stairs. He pegged himself out and sat down on the stairs. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was knocked. He was knocked with, with a concussion. And then this week they said that it was a neck injury, which didn't make sense, but whatever. It was a neck injury. <laughs> then why were you knocked loopy, you fucker? Yeah, you're right. So bar one, I got a point on that. Triple threat for the Universal Championship. Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman versus Kane. For the most part, this was your typical big man cluster blast. Um, in a good way. In a good way. Um, that seen them throw everything at it. And as we predicted, um, Brock Lesnar ended up getting the pin on Kane. We all, I mean, we basically spilled it out fucking for you on that. But Pasty, do you want to tell them why we're actually talking about this match? The, the one thing that was pretty noticeable. For the best ever? For the best episode of Beastix Podcast ever? <laughs> yes. Let's talk about a solid fucking knee to the face from Braun Strowman <laughs> to Brock Lesnar. More so than that, let's talk about... Two, count them, two receipt punches that connected and looked like Braun Strowman's lucky his brains did not exit out his opposite ear. Fuck yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. And this thing went on accident, and it was just a receipt. But you know, Braun and Brock have been working together. And this yep. time they're like, no, we're going to do this. I'm going to give you a receipt for it. But that's just to make up for it. Because Brock likes <laughs> physical contact in his fights. He oh, does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, him and Braun sat backstage and talked about it. <laughs> I don't think it was accidental. Although the look on Braun's face afterwards kind of says it was. Right? <laughs> See, I, I think really it was bad. accidental. Because I think Braun was taken aback by those two fucking punches. It didn't look it like he was expecting them. them. <laughs> <laughs> that was rough. It but was to be honest, wonderful. even if even if you're expecting punches <laughs> from Brock, it'll probably fucking take you off guard anyway. You probably don't know what you're expecting, you know. Yeah, that was that was um that was a couple of fucking stiff blows in a row. And the knee didn't even 
really look that bad. Like, the receipt was for way more than the product. Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, it was. I mean, the knee didn't look comfortable, but you're right. It looked like the punches hurt worse than the fucking receipt, or than the fucking knee. It was good. Good shit. It's good to see that that stuff still happens in wrestling. I loved it. I loved it. And at that point, it didn't matter what happened the rest of the match. And that I, was good enough for me. And I like <laughs> to believe that once they went backstage, like, Braun was like, sorry, Brock, didn't mean to get you. And Brock was like, I know, dude. Sorry about the punches. I, I, I had I to give them to you. Shoulder. That's what I think. Yeah. Braun might have apologized and Brock just laughs and slaps him. Maybe. Maybe. Slapped his ass, maybe. He's an old <laughs> football guy. Just slapped him in the ass. We'll let it go. Uh, but this this was good for what it was supposed to be, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. I wasn't disappointed, I, but I wasn't thrilled I, with it. I picked wrong again. <laughs> you did. Apparently I was trying to. Looking if, at the list this week as compared to two weeks ago, I think maybe I was trying to lose. <laughs> you definitely did not take. I mean, you took the uh, you took the gamble on almost every one of these. I I took the safe route, and you took the gamble. Um, I definitely. <laughs> and then we had the first ever women's Royal Rumble match. The historic first ever women's Royal Rumble match. Um, Historic Sasha Banks to Lita in the corner. Yeah, those those kicks that didn't even fucking. Not only did they not touch her, but Sasha wasn't even looking at her. She was just, she's like doing dance moves. It was ridiculous. Uh, my biggest complaint about this: it was okay. It was okay. My biggest complaint is that. Obviously, obviously, none of these women have done a Royal Rumble before, and 50% of these women haven't even wrestled regularly for a long time. So to ask them right. to go out and do fucking 30 minutes is asking a lot. But there was a lot of women that just rolled to the outside and hung out outside. Like, I'd say 50% of the women spent 50% of their time outside. Without being thrown out, like just rolling out and hanging out on the on on the floor. Right. It was yeah. pretty yeah, disappointing. It, a lot. it didn't happen very much in the men's Royal Rumble match, which no. I noticed and was happy for. Because I don't like that. Once in a while, it's okay, especially if it's a good heel doing yeah, like, it. Yeah, like King did but... it one time. He rolled under the, the ring apron and stayed till like the last four and came out. And now it's part of his heel shtick. It was part of a storyline. But this was, yeah, this was not, that bothered me. Other than that, it was okay. For being That's what first, I want to see. Yeah, for being the first ever, it was okay. Heel, roll out, stay out until somebody thinks they won, and they leave the ring. Big guy goes over the top rope, you know, steps over it all, steps down. And then the, the, the heel rolls in. That would be great. And yes. Then he just wins. Yes. That would be, I want that. I want that one year. One year. Not <laughs> not a lot. 
Like, no, no, you wouldn't want that year after year after year. But... <laughs> so the last four on this one was Sasha Banks, Brie Bella, Nikki Bella, and Asuka. Um, again, I think they did a good job of making you think three out of these four could win it. Um, I think Nikki Bella and Asuka were the two forerunners, obviously. But Sasha could have also won it, especially since she came in at number one. And uh, I even I messaged you while we were watching it that um, Stephanie kept talking about Sasha. So I was like, is she like, does she know Sasha's going to win? And she's just subconsciously talking about her. And I thought coming in at number one and it being the first women's rumble, it'd be poignant. Right. Number one in the first one, one, you know, that kind of stuff. And I'd be okay with Sasha winning the first one, but I'm glad it was Asuka. They made her look dominant. Um, I'm glad it wasn't Nikki. Out of all the four, I'm so glad it just wasn't Nikki. <laughs> if it had been John yeah, Cena I wasn't, winning, I wasn't very happy. yeah, if it would have been John Cena winning the men's and Nikki winning the women's, <laughs> I might have been done with wrestling altogether. There might not be a Beef Sticks podcast today. <laughs> no, it was good. They definitely pandered to the fans, and they don't do that often enough. Well, they did it now, and it counted. It really did. And I know my hey, pick was for Beth Phoenix. It was actually in the Rumble, unlike a big cast. Right? <laughs> it's funny. You pick somebody in the Women's Rumble who isn't even contracted, and she's the one that was in. In the Men's Rumble, you pick somebody <laughs> contracted, and he didn't even make it. <laughs> who would have a feasible return at Royal Rumble. Yeah. Didn't even make it in. And I think it's worth noting without trying to pull the fucking race card, that both winners of uh, both Royal Rumbles this year are of Japanese descent. And historically, WWE is not the friendliest or uh, the best representative of Japanese wrestlers. So the fact that... Let's talk about (laughs) Funaki. Yeah, let's... I mean, there's a long fucking line. There's a hell of a list. Right, right. So the fact that both Asuka and Shinsuke are Japanese wrestlers and they both won the Royal Rumble is a huge stepping stone for WWE alone. Just that they're expanding their horizons. I think that's awesome. And I think that's huge for the Japanese culture. Let's let's put it out there that these guys are they got the drive and the discipline that now the Americans want to see. I mean, these people come from the Japanese culture. They did something right. Cool. Damn good. Uh, let's top it all off. Asuka gets to choose her champion. The champions are in the ring. Asuka's like, who do I want? Who do I want? And then... And up comes Ronda Rousey. That was cool. <laughs> it, it's good. You know what? It, and in all honesty, it is cool Ronda Rousey showed up. It is cool she didn't come into the Rumble and just win it on her first night. Right. A lot of people were worried about that. But I think she could have made as big of an impact showing up on Raw and not the Rumble. 
and not have taken anything away from all of those women. And all she did was she walked up there. She slapped Asuka's hand. She pointed at the Royal Rumble sign. She got, or at the, I'm sorry, at the WrestleMania sign. She left the ring. She shook Stephanie's hand. She pointed at the WrestleMania sign. She walked up the ramp. She stopped. She pointed (laughs) at the WrestleMania sign. And then she left. (laughs) You could have saved that for Raw. Her theme song? Yes! Totally screams. Awesome. She's going to have a war with Stephanie McMahon. Yes, but I love the theme song. I, I am super happy. It is good. They paid money yeah. for it, you know, just she like just they did it. with... Uh, um, it's the first time since CM Punk there's, there's been, a, a like, a legit song. Is it um is it B-52s, I want to say? I, I, no, I'm wrong about that. What is it? Um, What? The song? The, the, the group that sings it's it. It's the Joan Jett, isn't it? Is it Joan Jett? Okay, Joan Jett. That sounds right, yeah. Um, so happy, so happy. I mean, it, it is an awesome, cool song. And, um... Yeah, it's Joan Jett. Okay, yeah. No, that, I'm that a music cool. guy. I just have to double-check myself, but I, I like to sometimes. Right. Yeah, and it sounds like it's gonna be... It, it sounds like it's gonna be... Ronda, and if they can get them, The Rock versus Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. I mean, it sounds like that's what they're really shooting for. So I think The Rock already turned down, but that doesn't really mean anything because Ronda Rousey said she wasn't going to be there either. So right, and we reported that. In fact, the 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 week of the Rumble, I stated that she said she was getting on a plane and leaving the country, and she did. But she obviously flew back. Um, I, I don't have any of this written down now because uh, obviously we're a, week, we're a week late in reporting Rumble news. But it, it seems like she was super secret and the only people that knew about it were Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, Vince McMahon, Charlotte, Alexa, and like just a handful of people that had to do um, like like money stuff and like in the offices. So many people didn't know that was happening at all. Apparently, none of the women in the Rumble, other than Asuka, knew it was going to happen. Um, she she flew back on a chartered flight. She took a hotel that was like uh, blocks and blocks and blocks away. She came in at the last minute and was brought in under fucking lock and key. Like, apparently, it was a really super secret deal. For her to get there. Like, very, very fucking few people knew about it. Right, the president doesn't even get around like that. No, but, you know, fuck him anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You want to talk Ron Smackdown real quick? Uh, Yeah, we can hit it at light speed. All right, so Raw um, was awesome because we started with a match and not a promo, although the match was Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt, and we've seen that a million times before, and it wasn't that great tonight. Um, Woken Matt Hardy did attack Bray afterwards, so that was kind of cool. 
What do you think, Pasty? It was not a promo to start the show. That's a fucking plus. I was confused. I was confused. I'm like, did did Hulu cut the promo from the show this week? <laughs> right? But then the promo happened afterwards anyway, so... So we had Kurt Angle out, and he announced that Bailey, Sasha Banks, Mickey James, Sony Deville, and Mandy Rose will compete against Alexa Bliss in the first Women's Elimination Chamber match. So Alexa Bliss is defending her title where um, Brock Lesnar is not defending his. Nia Jax, on the other hand, is going to face Asuka at Elimination Chamber. And if Nia Jax wins... She will be added to the WrestleMania title match, which we don't even know who, what the title match is going to be because Asuka <laughs> hasn't picked who she's going to wrestle yet. Um, Alexa Bliss complained about having to defend her title at the Elimination Chamber, and I have been vocal about this also. It seems really stupid that you have a men's and women's chamber. The men's is for a number one contender, and the women's is for the title. Seems really stupid to me. Pasty? I think it just gives the pay-per-view a bit of extra flavor. It's not the same exact thing. You're, it's two different matches going for different goals. I think it's cool. Um, it is kind of stupid that Brock Lesnar gets to sit back and do nothing while other champions are constantly working, but that's the way that is. Now, You're not what, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> one thing I want to bring up, though, which which I didn't notice, so I'm going to bring it up. Um, uh, Kurt Angle mentioned, he said, hey, you know what? Brock Lesnar defended his title at uh, Royal Rumble, which Brock did. And mm-hmm. Kurt Angle said, Alexa Bliss. And she hasn't Bliss, defended it since October. He's, yeah, he said, you haven't defended it since October. Now, I think <laughs> this is the fucking way that WWE needs to book their champions. Because, you you know me, I've told you I like how Brock Lesnar is booked and he's special and he doesn't mm-hmm. compete a lot. Now, I didn't even realize Alexa Bliss hasn't had a title match since October because they've yeah, been me. having her come out. They've been having her have non-title matches. They've been having her do live appearances like, I didn't notice it's been that long since she hasn't had it. So I think that's the best of both worlds. She's a special attraction because she doesn't defend it all the time. But I don't miss her because she's there all the time. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. And I'm not mad about her defending her title at Elimination Chamber. Like I said, it gives me a reason to watch it. Right. Rather and I mean, than somebody fighting for one contender. Until Kurt said it, did you realize it hasn't been since October since she defended her title? No, I didn't. No, I didn't either. So I, I think that's the way they need to go. I don't think, I think less title defenses are good, but I think keeping the face out there is also good. Where Brock is always gone, at least Alexa's always there to where we haven't even noticed. Right. Um, the Nia Jax thing is weird, though, and I think she's just... I mean, obviously, she's going to lose. She's not going to beat Asuka at Elimination Chamber. Not before Mania. And uh, and we don't even know who's going to be in the Mania match, so why would they add a third person to it? I, I think this is stupid. 
I think Nia should be in the elimination chamber. Take it's just Mania to build Asuka sword. up before Mania. That's all they need to do. And, and, yeah, and I, I understand that. But it's like, to me, take, take <coughs> Mandy Rose or Sonya Deville out and have Asuka have a squash match against one of them too. And put Nia in the chamber. And just let Asuka yeah. tear through one of them. Like, just tear them. The, uh, but then they get criticized because Braun is in the chamber and Nia's in the chamber. And the story there would be basically kind of the same thing. Kind of. Yeah, but neither neither Braun nor Nia's winning it. So what, what the fuck does that matter? You don't know that Braun's not winning it. <laughs> um. Next we had Nia Jax defeating... He's my pick. Next, we had Nia Jax defeating Vanessa Floyd, who is uh, Savannah Stone in a squash match. Um, we're having a few squash matches. They've been bringing them back and uh, every now and then, Pasty. I, I'll just stay right now. I enjoy them. What, what's your thought on the squash matches with some of these people? Nia Jax had squash matches when she first came up in the roster. Yep. She's established herself. Why does she have to have a squash match now? To me, it didn't make a lot of sense. I mean, it elevated this Savannah Stone or Vanessa Floyd, what have you. But okay. <laughs> see, I I think squash. I don't really matches, see the point now. I I think they're good, even sporadically for somebody. What who's she a just big had a romance person. angle with Enzo. Now you need to remind everybody she's a big monster. <laughs> I'm a fan of squash matches. The, the only reason I actually put this on here, to be to be blunt, is this Savannah Stone broad has, like, one of the best fucking asses I have seen in, in women's wrestling. And I'm always, don't get me wrong, I'm sorry, because I'm always the person who says women wrestlers are all about what they, what they do in the ring, and it shouldn't matter what they wear, what they look like, this, that, or the other. Um, I don't give a shit that Ruby Riot looks like she got hit with a fucking... Uh, 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 wrecking ball. She's an awesome wrestler, so good for her. But this woman had such an ass. I was in love with her ass. I couldn't take my eyes off her ass the whole match. And then I did a little research into her because I loved her ass. This broad is only 17 years old and she's been wrestling since she's been 14. So, uh, kudos to you. And you know what? I will fuck that 17 year old. And I'm just gonna say that right now. So Savannah, if you're listening, come lick my balls, baby. Um, <laughs> lastly, we had a triple threat match. Elias Sampson defeated John Cena and Braun Strowman. I never in my life thought I would say those words. Now listen to this, folks. Right. Even more than that, the winner of this match actually gets something. This wasn't a throwaway match. The winner of this match gets to enter the Elimination Chamber last at the number six spot. So it's it's a big deal. It's a big deal. They kept pushing that um, 50% of the winners have been from six and five, but they don't talk about the five spot. So I thought that's stupid. But whatever. <laughs> Um, this was an okay match. Um, Strowman hit Cena with a running power slam, and then Elias actually threw Strowman out of the ring and stole the pin from from um, uh, Strowman onto Cena. And then after the match, Strowman, being pissed as shit, hit a power slam on Elias. 
And then he ended up hitting uh, three total on both Cena and Elias Sampson. So, like, six power slams throughout this whole segment. In a very non-heel move in listening to what the crowd wanted. One more time! One more time! Okay. They tried to do the thing like, I'm going to step out of the ring. Ah, nah, I'm going back. Yeah, we have to mention that he kind of did the Hulk Hogan ear cup thing. Which seems way out of character for him. Like, it was way <laughs> too pandering to the crowd. And less of a monster. But, I think it's because of the Mixed Max Challenge, to be completely honest. It could be. And I will say I will say this. I think this match did everything. I've seen a lot of people complain about this online. And I personally think this match did everything it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I think it elevated Elias because he got the win in a triple threat match against Cena and Strowman. No matter what you say, that's huge. Yeah. And the way he did it was he used his brain, which isn't bad. You need that in the elimination. Exactly. Then you had Strowman dominating afterwards, and he looked strong afterwards. That was awesome. And John Cena did kind of look weak, but he is obvious. We all know he's on his way out. He's putting young talent over. He has put both Elias Sampson and Braun Strowman over in a big way in just this one match. And I think that's huge for him. I think that's awesome. So I think this was great all around. I don't see anything wrong with this. It's not like Elias is going to win the uh the elimination chamber like, match no, even no. coming in last i worry i worry that they're gonna play it off as like a joke thing where he's the last one to come out but they eliminated five seconds later they could i i hope not also because they're doing a decent job of building him i can't see elias versus brock lesnar ever um i wouldn't say ever but not anywhere recently no Ever. <laughs> if Brock is smart, not ever. No. So that Although I'd like to see Elias sing songs about him. But I don't want to watch the match. That's basically raw in a nutshell. So I'll talk SmackDown yeah, live. There's a few less yes. on that, but it's an hour less. Uh, started with Shane and Brian doing their opening promo, which has just been fucking done. It's the exact same promo for the last two months, if not more. AJ Styles comes out. So SmackDown management is obsessing over Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which he's right. He says it's not just Daniel Bryan, it's also Shane McMahon. And that every decision they make based on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn affects AJ Styles. And he's right. And I'm just sick of all five of these fucking competitors. (laughs) I'm sick of all five of these people. Shane, Daniel, AJ, uh, Zane, and Owens. I just take all five of them and never let the other five see each other again. Fuck. I'm done with it, pasty. (laughs) <laughs> it's okay Wrestlemania is almost here it's almost over it's almost over rip that bandage <laughs> off 
Anything? Not particularly. All right. Um, we had the Usos promo, which I thought again. I mean, these guys are owning the promos. It. it I'm not gonna lie. They sound rehearsed, but they sound good rehearsed. Kind of repetitive. I think. Um, yeah, it is, it's not Enzo and Cass. Exactly, and yeah, it is repetitive. It's similar to what they did last week and the week before. But um, so far, it's it's it's. Here's what it is. Um, and, and for those of you, which is everybody who can't see what I did, I put pluses and minuses and dots by everything. If it's a plus, it's good. If it's a minus, it's negative. If it's a dot, I'm in between. And here's my thing with the Usos is it gets the point across and I, I'm following what they're saying and I'm happy there was no graphics. <laughs> but it does come off as scripted, like very scripted. Some people sound pretty good scripted and I'm torn so far. Like this last, this last one I thought sounded really good. And I could tell it was scripted. So I'll give them again, and we'll see what next week shows. Um, this week I thought it sounded good, but sounded very scripted. I, I don't know how you felt about it, Pasty. I kind of feel the same way. I usually really like our promos, but I have kind of fallen into the everything's kind of the same. Whatever they're saying, it's basically the same. Yeah. Lockdown! Lockdown! Lockdown. That's yeah, okay, and when I they and when you do like rhyming back and forth, we just number one, we know it's scripted. Yeah. So you've already done that, and they're doing that. So we'll see. I mean, their their work in the ring and their charisma is is letting me look past it for the moment. But they got to do something different. Yeah. We then I get to the point where that's what they need to work on. That's what. You know, it's the missing piece. That it, yeah, that is that. That's the that's the missing. That's the fifth element. As Bruce Willis would be looking for. Um, the U.S. title match then. Bobby Roode defeated Rusev. Um, this I wanted to bring up for the main reason that at the beginning of this, when Shane and, and Brian were talking. Shane McMahon's like, you know, we listen to the people and we give them what they want. <laughs> and everybody said, Rusev Day, Rusev. They were chanting and chanting and chanting. And then we had the U.S. title match. Bobby Roode versus Rusev. And Bobby Roode went over. Of course he did. Why weren't they listening to the fans that were chanting <laughs> Rusev Day? Rusev should have won the U.S. title. The 2,500 fans that bought Rusev Day calendars <laughs> and made them order 5,000 more. Yeah, that really threw me off. Like, I was sitting there like, you know what? Maybe even, maybe Bobby Roode wasn't supposed to lose, but everybody's been so vocal, they have to let Rusev win, and Rusev still lost. He should have won. That bothers me. That really does bother me because of exactly what they said. I'm still giving it an up. It, I mean, to me, it was a good match. 
Um, Randy Orton came out and RKO'd everybody for no reason. I didn't get what that was about. He's been doing that lately. Just random RKO's out of nowhere. He, yeah, they he's just, turning the meme into his like. They just don't know what to do with him, I think. Honestly. I'm still liking the hair. Keep the hair coming, Orton. <laughs> So then they had Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. This is a number well, one. It's Orton becoming a heel again because he's been babyface ever since. This he whole he super happened. needs to become a heel. He he needs to. He needs yeah. to so bad because he wins his matches and he doesn't need to be winning his matches. You know. Yeah, he super he needs, needs to be, to be the a villain heel. Who, who puts people over. So we got Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. This Maybe it's time for him to one, form his own faction. The number one contenders match. Whoever wins this match gets to face AJ Styles at Fastlane. Um, this was actually an awesome, awesome match. I This was maybe yeah. the best match we've seen Owens and Zayn in. Because most of their matches have been pretty disappointing, to be honest, which is sad but true. And this was Wait. just... Huh? I said just wait for Mania. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully. But this one was really, really good. But, as you and I kind of talked about, the ending, to me, really made this a shitty match. For almost no reason, because Sami Zayn is yelling at AJ and spun his chair, AJ Styles attacks not only Sami Zayn, but also Kevin Owens... To get the match thrown out to where they make it a triple threat match for the title at Fastlane. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn versus AJ Styles. And no, folks, this isn't even the end of that. But we'll get to that in just a little bit. What do you think of the match, Pacey? Dumb. This is the second time in two weeks that he's done this to himself. That he's... Fucked himself over. This isn't Shane and Daniels doing. AJ, this is your doing. He would have beat Sami Zayn before the Rumble had he not left the ring multiple times to attack and injure Kevin Owens, who he had already beat. It was done. It was over. And now he fucked himself over again. Well, even the Rumble. It's kind of annoying. He, like, when, when he said, why don't I just face Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens together... The first time I heard him say it, I thought he actually meant it. You know, the the commentators tried to play it off like, oh, he was being sarcastic, like it's been so hard. But he literally asked for that match. And then, like you said, he's like, every chance AJ has gotten, he's tried to screw himself. Good match, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. And Good like match. I said, I'm excited for Mania. So it's got to it's gotta be Mania. What makes this match worse, though, is just yesterday, folks, the 8th of February, a Thursday, Shane McMahon put out a tweet saying that on uh, SmackDown, there's going to be a match between Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler. And whoever wins that match will get added to the triple threat WWE championship match at Fastlane, making it a fatal four-way. 
What does that have to dumb, do with dumb, anything? Dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> it's just getting Neither ridiculous. Were either of them even on the the power rankings for that week? No, no, they weren't. And let's, you know what? We're we're, we're way <laughs> let's over. Let's talk about that. Yeah, we're way over time, but we got to talk about that. So let me start with saying, okay, when I heard about this, I thought, the first thing I thought was it's stupid because it's not the fans doing it, it's the wrestlers. So it really doesn't matter to any of us as the fans anyways, to me. But I said, okay, this will be interesting if it's legit. But how do we know if it's legit? We don't, right? It's it's hard to tell. Right. But then this Thursday, or this Tuesday, they had the first top 10 ranking. And number 10 was Mr. 10 was himself, Ty Dillinger. And I said, right then, I said, fuck, this isn't legit. This is bullshit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn. That's how much it pissed you off. <laughs> <laughs> I killed yes. you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Holy shit! Woo! Yeah, it really got me going. I killed my mic, folks. Pacey, how do I sound? Where am I? Where am I? A little quiet. Am I a little quiet? You're a little quiet. Let me zoom in here. There we go. We're, we'll do better. Woo! Okay, it got me. Got me. Got me pumped up, man. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that that's my point. As soon as Ty Dillinger was number 10, I was like, this is such fake bullshit. There's no way it's true. And then the fact that Rusev wasn't on there and New Day was above Us, It's like, no, this was not done <laughs> by right. the wrestlers. This is just WWE making up their own top 10 A for no reason. List. A list that wasn't even in an order that made sense. No, and there's not a reason, right? They don't get anything. They pulled names from a hat, except for Ty Dillinger was guaranteed to be number 10. Yeah, and it's not like, I mean, what what do they get from it? We Honestly, I was hoping, when they announced it, I was hoping there was going to be something right, like like the list of people behind the number one contender, you know, your first 10 contenders to the championship or something like that. But you have the champions on the list. Yeah, usually if you have a top ten, it's There's basically no point other than to waste time. It's a, I it's don't a, need to waste time. Yeah, normally a top ten is like a ranking system, and usually your number one would be like your number one contender. So that means that person is probably next in line for the belt. This That's means what nothing. To do no, it should just transform. Like, oh, we fucked this up. Let's next week they come back and they're like, okay, there's two lists. Men and women, and it's your contenderships. That's that's what the list should be. Yeah, and, and why would it be? And why would it, no. Why would it be the wrestlers picking it anyways? Because the wrestlers are obviously just going to do a popularity contest. You either have quote unquote management who should pick who's next in line. Or you make it a fan a fan vote and let the fans vote, which they don't yeah. want. I mean, we know they don't want that. <laughs> yeah, this this is just the stupidest thing. And you know, um, a few years ago, TNA came up with the same thing, and it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be like wrestlers voted. They had like a, a bureaucracy that voted on it, 
And I was excited for that one. It was like, okay, there's going to be a top 10. The number one is going to be the top, you know, the number one contender. And it lasted like three weeks and they got rid of it. It's like, I love the idea of a top 10 where the number one contender is, uh, or where the number one is number one contender. I love the fact that you could wrestle. Like number three could wrestle number one. And if he wins, they switch spots. Yeah. Yes. Like, like I, I, I like that idea. There's a lot you can do with that. But to it's do a constant it, tournament, basically. Yeah, to it's do free. it just to do it is just ridiculous. And that, that comes with the whole uh, graphics thing. Because this started the same time they started doing these stupid graphics. And I don't like these graphics. I don't like the lockdown graphics. I don't like the words. This is what being happens when Vince McMahon doesn't have anything to do with 205 Live anymore. <laughs> he has more time to focus when, on SmackDown. Uh, when Shinsuke Nakamura <laughs> comes to the ring, it goes Rockstar across like that. I, I don't like that. I think it's stupid. I think it looks cheap. <laughs> And and since we're on that subject, I don't like the selfie cam fucking um, no. videos that you're doing. The promos that you're doing into a selfie cam. You're a fucking billion dollar company, man. Right? You have real cameras. <laughs> it seems so cheap and fucking stupid. To me, to me, it seems cheap and stupid. I'm only trying to be hip. Yeah. But there's other ways to do it, and this isn't it. Save the graphics and shit for, like, your YouTube videos. Exactly. You know? that, like, on you that medium, it's acceptable. But I on a professional doing it. broadcast. I can right. see us doing it. Because we're cheap. We're cheap in we small time. And it would look cool on our program. I'm sorry, it would. It would look cool. <laughs> It doesn't look cool on a multi-billion dollar platform. Nope. Just, just ridiculous. Damn it all! <laughs> and that's the beef. That's our Told beef. you we were bringing as that segment. Told you! Yep, that's our beef, is the whole fucking graphics and the whole fucking selfie video. That's our beef of this week. 2017 was Jerry of the Week. 2018 is the beef. You're damn right. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, I guess that about wraps it up with like an hour of overtime. Oh, shit. Some shit's about to go down with my dogs, man. Oh, no. No, man. They're getting vicious. They're ready to throw down. Uh, yeah, yeah, we actually did get an hour extra into this. So, uh, apologize to all of y'all, but, you know, we did a double episode, we missed a week, and then now we did a fucking episode and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so we made up for it a little bit. Next week, we'll be back on to our regular shit. Right, we'll, right. Yeah, we'll be back on it. Give a, Cut us some slack, folks. Y'all didn't do too well in the new year either, okay? So with that being said, anyway, yeah. I am Fat Mac. And I'm Pasty White. And, for and this is another luxurious, phenomenal, fantismal, Abba Zabba episode. 